following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. It's a universal merger on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Uh, everybody's favorite cat, Happy Crow Kitty. And we have two guests this week. Jesse Betteridge, back again. And uh, Carl Ultraclastron Olsen, uh, which makes this, I think, the first half-Canadian episode of this podcast. Uh, you know, And you yeah. know what? That's kind of a universal merger, because that means we have... The Literally universes. two podcasts. Yeah, we have podcast oh. universes merging. Yeah, how about yes. that? And we also have the American Adult Swim and Canadian Adult Swim. Those universes are merging together. And the result, at least in Canada, is like a weird ghost creature that <laughs> looks around at midnight. That's not quite the real tsunami, but, you know, it, it's close enough. Sketch the unintentional many-layered pun. <laughs> I didn't know how good that one was going to be. <laughs> An incredibly large number of layers. Jeez, yeah. for the fully Coley episode, who would have guessed? I love it. Who, who, it's who would have guessed? It's really on theme. <laughs> yeah. We're on brand today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we're going to get right into it with episode three of Fooly Cooly Shoegay's Far Friend. And the broad strokes are... When we last left our intrusive characters, they uh, they were dealing with a bit of a crisis because Harumi has just been shot, and that's starting to activate Masaki's N.O. And as we start this episode, Kana's putting those nursing skills she apparently trained for to use, trying to keep Harumi alive. Darn sure that she's going to keep her alive. She's not going to let this... Let this teenager die. She's not going to let it happen. Meanwhile, yeah. Masaki is reasonably freaking out and, you know, kind of paralyzed by the whole thing. And Konda's down on the ground being like, come on, where's the reaction? Because he's, he's just being that way. But Harumi, in her somewhat dead state, has transported as a ghost being and can see a bit of the past in an alternate universe. Oh, alternative universe. How about that? And they, really, they really went there. They really went there. <laughs> and Masaki is the only one who can see these beings from the alternate universe, at least up until now. Now everybody can see these ghost creatures, but what they are is actually shadows of people in the other universe which is interesting <laughs> and yeah uh harumi sees back to a very different childhood than the one that they experienced in this universe and realize these people that i thought were imaginary they're actually real. I'm actually not supposed to be in this universe. That's why it's always felt so wrong. So after that journey, 
they come back and thankfully Kana is able to save their life and well the longer the short is uh it's not inner turmoil or uh horniness no it is love that activates the power who would have thought we knew this a while ago at least yeah. me, the viewers did <laughs> Not sure why Conda didn't know this, but he also is a washed wash boomer. A teenager, so I'm pretty sure he's stripped of a solid moral base. Yeah. Mm, very big, much so. Big Gendo vibes off of Conda by the end of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ethical? No. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'd even hurt somebody to get what I want. It's like, well, it's a good thing you didn't get what you wanted. But as the reaction begins, uh, Conda does his best Dennis Hopper. We're merging! And, yeah, the, the universes start merging a little bit as everything starts levitating and going crazy. And, you know, the typical climax of a foolie coolie. <laughs> and... Uh, Gosh, so many things are happening. I mean, it's pretty clear, like things are starting to merge and then they don't because that's the decision effectively somewhat made by Asaki. Like, it's like, eh. Yeah, yeah. It It's reaching a, a point where it's becoming dangerous and then a space whale appears out of Masaki's head <laughs> and stops. Not at all phallic. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Nothing phallic I, about that. Not at all. The most like in a show, a franchise, an IP that is literally laden with phallic and yonic imagery. It is in no way the most directly phallic thing they have ever put on screen. <laughs> it's so funny because when I saw that thing come out of his head, I was that was the first thought that came to mind. I was like, it looks like a long skinny penis. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, it is literally the reaction gif. It's literally the that's the penis reaction gif. <laughs> True. Uh, and that's, well, no, that's the a, reaction. It, with, it's a space it, whale. Yeah. yeah, it eats it. Sure. That's what <laughs> we we'll call it. It eats the reaction at 0.02%, which is apparently enough to send Parami to the other universe for a more satisfying existence, I suppose. They went home. And also, I mean, uh, how quickly do you want me to get into, like, what it's trying to say? Or do you want to finish up first? <laughs> let, let me finish up. All right. There's there's also a moment in there where Masaki's like, can I kiss you? And Harami's like, look, if you're going to kiss somebody, just do it. Not the best advice, but it did make for a nice moment. It was a cute little little kiss, little romantic interaction between them. And they're teenagers, so it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Literally yeah. one of the most consensual acts we have ever seen in a fully collate. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. In case it wasn't clear just how much Harami is not Haruko, that alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it turns out Harumi's not Haruko. <laughs> Guess is, you lost that one, bet internet. <laughs> that was such a beautiful red herring, and they didn't do it just to be a red herring. But again, that gets into explaining the show. So, <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the the reaction stops, and in the middle of the reaction, when people start being able to see brief flashes of the other universe, Kana does see a grown-up pets, and she's got the hairpin that she took from Kana. That was, that was a nice, nice little thing. Uh, and she saw her too, didn't like it. Looked like pets saw maybe. Kana. Maybe. Or at least maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it, it's hard. It was hard to tell, but it it kind of. I, I got the impression for a moment she saw her. I think that's possibility, but it, it's it, all really just a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's fully cool. There's things that are explicitly left vague, uh, mm-hmm. as much as explicitly being coded, right? Yeah, get so the yeah. that you can from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kana's super bummed that things uh, didn't merge more, but Kana kind of throws it back to him from a conversation that they had back in Alternative that, you know, things have to change. Mm-hmm. They can't stay the same. Yeah. And she's, yeah, definitely seems to have a, a, a better outlook on her whole situation too and just when you think that it's like kind of a bummer that masaki is is separated from harami and can still see the ghost and his life hasn't really changed much they just tack on this mid credits middle of the credits sequence where masaki is able to travel to the other universe and speak with male Harami. That's a whole thing. <laughs> and also, he's there to deliver a message to Pets. That same letter that fell out of Kana's car in a previous episode. It almost feels like whoever came up with the way to end it before the credits had a very different idea as those who decided what to do during the credits. And I, I don't know if it's so much that is, is just they ran out of space. And given how coded alternative was with some of what it had to say, decided it's like, no, I'm going to make this pretty damn clear. <laughs> this one yeah. episode, it, all of it, it felt like, like usually I think with the subsequent Fooly Cooly series, there's a little bit of miming you kind of know the pattern and and you have a sense of what may happen. And, and in anime in general with climactic scenes, like you know the hero's going to win and he's going to get beat up and it's going to be a big finisher or whatever. This one, a lot, a lot of it, like I want to say 90% of the series in this episode took me by surprise. I didn't see the failure of the merging universes. I didn't see the ending, at the first ending where it was like, Maski's back into his miserable life and then the oh no just kidding here's the real ending where he's crossed over and he meets Harumi in in their own universe I didn't see any of this coming and I loved it I loved that all of this was a surprise it made it really interesting yeah it avoids um the other four fully coolies do sort of end on you know for talking story circles and, you know, Campbellian heroes, they do not end with clean wins for any of them. They, you know, like there's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of things. 
Um, you know, maybe somebody's been able to move forward, but typically the heroes are just like, oh, I've accepted that this is what adulthood is going to be for me. I'm no longer overreaching. I'm no longer out of pocket. I've kind of, you know, it's all kind of Gilgamesh. It's all, this is burnt brick and good. I'm no longer seeking immortality. That's Haruko's insane bag uh, okay. to chase that. Yeah. Thanks, high school. Um <laughs> <laughs> sure that's what i'm sure my parents love it. it's like it went we're gonna we're gonna get you into a banged at high school it's the it's the public system but there's a lottery you may not get in like i will waste this to talk about anime for the next 40 years uh, i uh, approve of using <laughs> <yeah>. obscure literature <laughs> or film yeah. or mythology to, to, yeah. to talk about anime it, i do this all I, the time <laughs> I, I think it i think it just also it helps like get out of the apps if we can sort of get into like broader character types here then sort yeah. of really underlines that it like okay if that's the other four fully coolly this is definitely this is osiris he becomes the space god effectively or at least befriends the space god um and in that uh chases uh you know just in the same way osiris and, and isis uh the gods from the egyptian myth monomyth we are reunited in the underworld or so another world we have uh, Harumi and Masaki reunited in the same way. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's very it's in a sense uh, a very different place for Fully Coolie to end. It probably the fact that um, Kanda doesn't get what he wants feels like such a middle finger to the Avery builds <laughs> as a totally separate aside. But in that it is the, you know, the, the villain doesn't get what they want. Set doesn't get what they want. The person who wants to be able to control these things is, 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 is held out of, is, is, is held at bay. Um, also, yeah, like, you know, let's get into, let's get into male Harumi because they managed to take that red herring of, Oh, this person's uncomfortable because they're secretly Hardico in like a suit or something or whatever. We know that Hardico can take on what many various and sundry forms. Uh, no, this is because it's literally it's it's a guy who was sent to another world and is stuck in a body that's not the one that he is supposed to be in and the universe he's supposed to be in, and it gets the chance to like actually self actualize and come back because of the help of a friend. Like it's yeah. And uh, let me let me ask you: Did you kind of get that he was emulating his female form? Oh with yeah, his sister, or was she a sister or a friend? I wasn't sure. I thought I thought uh, it's a sister. So it is his yeah. sister, like he according was, to he the was credits. Recreating yeah. his personality as but, her personality on this earth. But there was also the way, something that confused me. There's, um, and I watched it twice, and it was a little. And I know there was. I saw some conversation about it as well. But there was also talk of an imaginary friend. Uh, and how did, I, I just wanted to know if anyone has an explanation of how that sort of factored in or may have factored into, I, th I think it was how Harumi like four. Yeah. I feel like it's like, that was like Harumi was told, you know, that thing that you're remembering this person, this life that you remember that, you know, it's just you talking about something as you thought, like, I could think it's like, this is where the, again, having 75 minutes hurts both of these sequels yeah. is because they don't have that chance to have that little extra five minute scene to like maybe fill in a gap and make that a little more explicit. And I also, again, even just the English language descriptive subtitles clear up so much about they what's do. going on yeah. in this show um, to the point where I'm like, it's not a bad dub from a technical standpoint, from a listenability standpoint. I do wonder how much it in trying to keep things moving, soften things up so much that it made a few things 
vaguer than they needed to be. Interesting. Yeah. And we yeah. know that we know that Harumi's sister exists, right? Yes. Because she mm-hmm. just kind of she she just vanished um, yeah. in that last. Well, then we she don't has, know well, until she, this episode. So yeah. initially at the beginning. No, no, I mean in, in the oh, like yeah. the last scene yeah. of this when yeah. uh um yeah, she goes right. back to, she goes back to the dimension the where this person exists, right? Mm-hmm. She yeah. goes Yeah, so it's like we and, but the and, thing and is is she's when she's in the sister, uh, and then the Saki goes up to them and then what what happened to her sister? She just kinda she's just not in the shot. She just seems uh, to be gone. Oh, no, it's I think it's just not in the shot. Okay, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's just. I think I'm, that's. I'm overthinking the wrong things here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, that's fully cool. It's very easy to do that. Yeah. You can't. You can't fault any of the sequels for not like giving, having having meat on the bones. Whether it's every whether it's everybody's particular, you know, choice of meat, entirely different ball game, but they're all pretty dense. Like I was actually one of the things that surprised me once it finished up was was like oh. It's weird, but like grunge and shoegaze actually kind of have at a high level a very similar structure because we both get these like triptychs. We get, you know, our lead character's perspective first episode and our lead character is interesting, but not broad. We get a middle episode that's focused on a more interesting character um, and often and a character who is a victim of circumstance um, like and ironically, who's key moments also involve blood coincidentally um and then we get our last episode which is about you know the person who ends up getting help who ends up getting their opportunity to like self-actualize um i did not expect that like going into either of them that they would it all have any mirroring of each other um but they do and it almost makes their choice of order here make a little more sense in terms of why they ran one and then the other one. They're both obviously done. You know, something you said, because I read your article, Carl, about grunge, and I really thought you made an interesting point about the length of the series and it telling the story that it's supposed to tell. Like, can you do this in this amount of time? And the thing about shoegaze is, Yes, it has a, a bit of nostalgia and some, and some yeah. familiar elements, but it also takes takes risks. It goes in a new direction, like taking out Haruko, taking out, you know, changing well, the being, age of the characters. Being like, an explicit takes, sequel. Yeah. Being an explicit sequel alone is completely unprecedented. Exactly. Um, because we never see... We always end on the, you know, the previous three end on like, okay, they've understood what adult would will now mean for them as whatever age they are, 12, 15, 17, you know, boy or girl. This is a whole different thing. Like seeing Kana here and you're like the characters that she's evoking are more like Agritsuko or mm-hmm. Kaoru-san, like these like the burnt out office lady Sanrio people. Oh like, my god, that was so that, real for me. It's the ho- the hottest new trope in anime. Yeah, it's, it's, it's overworked it, office lady. Yeah, and, and to see that here in full effect, I, and her whole, I mean, just the imagery in the, the her whole episode, like her flashbacks, especially in the context of the Fandom Post article where they're like, it's coming out metaphor, and then you're like, okay, so then we see her abducted by a sus agency that's trying to change the world through like weird experiments on her. I'm like, this isn't loaded imagery at all <laughs> like holy shit yeah i have this to is... say i even though i mean it, it's hard to see who the main character is supposed to be maybe from my perspective because i related to kana so much more i mean obviously the the masaki harumi storyline adds to you know what 
that yeah. that's part of that's the story, obviously. But but Kana like being a part of it and having her own voice and her own perspective and her her partially being burnt out, but then finding a sort of zest and zeal and like yeah. and her and her place in this story. Like I really related to that. You know, th- this is what adulthood is. But she isn't just some boring, you know, lost yeah. my way. To, she's so much more than that, and she's putting yeah. that out there through. Her, her energy and her response to the situation. You know, she's yeah. determined to make sure Harumi lives. She says, I have this other skill that I'm going to put to use. I really loved that. I love that this character had this extra role and that she wasn't just an accessory character to help continue the storyline of these adolescents, that she had yeah, and her the, own the whole, tale to tell. Yeah, the, the aspect of her having the nursing training, like it, it really comes out of nowhere. And you kind of like it's it's actually. Well, I mean, they they, they do explicitly they do explicitly mention the second episode. They mention okay, that like not, she was going to be a nurse, and that yeah. she and that they 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 screwed her on it. So like if you've got the job lined up, you've got the skills. Yeah. So like they didn't. It wasn't out of nowhere. Why she would have okay, done? I that forgot that where, detail. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Why she would have done that from where she, from where she was at 17? We don't necessarily have a clear cut understanding of that other than if you think about it, she was always under friends grills. She was always trying to in- involve herself in other people's lives. And I'm like, okay, I can see where nurse falls from that particular kind of busybody. Um, yeah. But she, she had the, the mm-hmm. skills lined up mm-hmm. that, you know, could have sort of, sort of helped her guide, guide her into a more mm-hmm. fulfilling uh, adulthood, but instead she's just roped into like these experiments yeah. that are in a way infantilizing because they require a power, latent power that she has that is like inherently tied to adolescence. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. then it just diminishes over time, and then she just becomes useless and in this um, halfway, like in this limbo between yeah. being an adult but not actually being able to function yeah. as an adult in society. Yeah, it's an incredibly. But, yeah young Gen Xer to general millennial narrative mm. for sure. It's that like they've, they've done a really good job and it's something, and the reason I'll bring up young Gen Xer is like, this is like, this is a vibe that goes back to like Malay's era, Japan, where it's all like, Hey, uh, you know how you expected to have this whole thing set up and you're going to do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Everything's broken around you. You can't, you, you like no, no matter what your skill set is not valued. You can't self actualize because mm. of, organizations making choices that beyond your control yep. and in fact those choices may be directly ex- exploiting you and directly infantilizing you like it's it's like there's it is as subtle as a, a you know a, an anvil to the head um, <laughs> and it's the better for it because it's the kind of thing where it's it's the kind of thing that in, in the sense that this is responding to the other fully coolies and in that responding to a lot of the big anime tropes, the otaku tropes that have driven the last 25, 30 years of the medium to sort of explicitly sort of jab at some of that stuff in the context of shows that are normally hyper celebratory of buildings, Roman type stuff. That's a huge choice. Like that's like to me, that's a bigger risk than saying Haruko's not there, especially because okay, Haruko's not there, but like very interesting. It's like remember Haruko in the was it second episode pretends to be a nurse, pretends. Meanwhile, we have our Kana actually being a nurse, actually doing these oh, things. Like nice. there's a, there's there's like a real compare and contrast here of the person who's playing it. That. 
<laughs> yeah, the person who's playing an adult, but who is actually forever 19, 19 you know, critically 19, not mm-hmm. forever 20, 19, not, you know, below this, you know, below what we literally see Kana skip out on. Mm-hmm. This, you know, person and who's always chasing this ridiculous thing that we know is self-destructive to her, even just in the context of the first series, but certainly given the context of everything else. And here's Kana is like the rejection of that. It's like Haruko doesn't have to be there because Kana is like, hey, here's what like an actual, you know, proper person would be doing in this situation. Yeah, <laughs> human she serves do. as a good contrast to yeah. what Haruko represents. Yeah. And then you have and then and then they replace the the quirkiness and the need to fill that mm-hmm. quirky personality with Harumi. Yeah. But her her pathos is completely different. Her reason, which yeah. we find out later, it's because she is a he. And she yeah. and and it, it actually it, it kind of reflects back on the question they ask in the first mm-hmm. episode, which is how do you how do you shake up this world that you feel you don't belong in? It feels yeah. it doesn't feel right. And that's because it, it wasn't right for either of these two characters. Well, actually, yeah. for, for all three of them. And yeah. so they had to have, even though Conda was not happy with, with how everything turned out, I felt like the other three characters, minus, you know, Masaki and Harumi being able to connect up until the mm-hmm. end, got some part of what, you know, they, they were trying to do is, is shake up the world, make a, make a change and see how it impacts everything. Does it well, yeah. make a well, difference? Well, advancement, right, versus like you know, return, you know, like the, the like Conda is the ultimate like regressive boomer, just like you know, exploiting shock doctrine to try and like uh, you know get the youth to do his bidding. Um, he's a fucking liar. Um, he, I actually in my notes I have loveless fuck who losses for death because he can only see birth as a zero sum game, and I'm like, yeah. And he's chasing a woman who's way out of his league. He's chasing, like, he is ostensibly chasing Haruko. So is that, same way Haru- here's that's my implied. Question. Was that his entire uh, motivation for all I think of his this? entire, he, I think it's not for all of it, but I mean, because, like, he talks about so much other stuff. He talks about, like, his lost dreams and stuff that, like, clearly he thought, like, if I can just get back to the reality that I'm, like, he doesn't necessarily feel like that's a reality for him either, but it's not because he thinks, like, I need some new third thing. He's like, I just want old stuff. It is that really backwards nostalgia bomb kind of thinking. Yeah, it's delusion. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, everything was good back when Cokes cost five cents and I could get a penny whistle down at the store. And it's like, fuck you. (laughs) That never happened. That is an interesting regression from where he was in Alternative. I think it's the events of Alternative... You know, it's like it's like there's a huge difference between like if he's like, you know, you add another 10 years to like wherever he was um, and having this idea that like I'm going to do this thing and then that not working. Like, I think there's a certain kind of it's like it's midlife crisis shit. I don't think he was in that space yet. And then he Mm. hits that. Right. Um, I say this staring down the barrel of 40 in a month. Uh, (laughs) Um. There's ways to handle that that are productive, and there's ways to handle to handle that kind of realization that just takes shit out on everyone else. And Khan is obviously supposed to exemplify that in part because, yeah, he is a Gendo. He's like, I've got the thing that I fucking want, and I'm a better old man, and I've been chasing it forever, and I don't care who I hurt in the process, even if that's like somebody who's, you know. By the time you've spent 10 years with somebody who's your junior, like they're close to you and he still doesn't like us. Like if he could have hurt Kana to get what he wanted, would have the whole time. Didn't care. Like that's psychopath shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
and it and again like that broad it, it is sort of he's not there just to be a character he's there to be resemble an ideology <laughs> um that you know is not without as much as we complain about our intransigent politicians uh, in Canada and the United States oh boy like <laughs> Japan <laughs> um there was something interesting at the very end when mm-hmm. Um, Harami recognizes mm-hmm. Masaki. Um, he says that he thought he he had dreamt it, and I I kind of I was thinking about that because he he mm-hmm. recognizes him. Yeah. I mean, what did his reintegration in his new reality sort of reset all his memories? Those were years that he spent on the other planet, on the other Earth. And an entire life, an entire family, presumably an upbringing, as we saw from certain um, flashbacks. So I thought that was a really, uh, it was, it was a strange, it was a strange like bit of dialogue because it made it seem like that all didn't establish itself in his mind. And he had just reintegrated back in his new dimension with what, a bunch of false memories and including, you know, growing up with his sister, etc. So I, I didn't, that was the one thing I didn't really like. It would have been better if he had maintained some like sense of he, his, his dual reality life, you know? Yeah. It's, it's hard to say like, this is, this is the second you're saying like, we're going to do this alternate universe stuff. It's like, well, we can make up whatever rules we want and mm-hmm. it's, gets to be what's narratively convenient. That's true. I think, I think, I think what was interesting was, is that you see Masaki and he's still clearly blushing and like head over heels for Harami, however Harami is. And when Harami has that moment of recognition, you see the same kind of, not the same quite expression, but the same kind of like, Masaki really said, I love you in every universe. Well, yeah. is like, uh, Masaki is like, I don't see gender. Like, I don't care. If I'm in this universe. Yeah. Like it's like, it's, it's very sincere. Um, And I think it's interesting because that's also like, if, Alternative ends on, as some have suggested, this poor queer Kana being screwed out of her first real love. You know, she tries to play it being straight and doesn't stick. (laughs) Doesn't fucking, you're like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm in this cliche anime love position, shoujo garbage position with with this guy (laughs) I've supposedly got a crush on and just nothing. No, no reaction whatsoever. And uh, in, in, in a world where, of course, if there is a reaction, it is, we will see it vis- visual and explicit as an NL reaction, nothing. And meanwhile, she tears the universe in two for Kana. Um, or or for, for, for pets. For pets. For yeah. pets, excuse me, for pets. Uh, but then that sort of being sort of like, okay, so, you know, that is that kind of very similar to um, Nauta. Uh, I didn't win kind of thing. It's like, yes, people carried on, but like, didn't really get the win out of it. And to see very explicitly, like, no, there, you know, Saki became a space God or became friends with the space God. And, you know, is that being a not- space well in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see yeah. him? his name is Adam esque, <laughs> by the way, you're holding you like- on to that one sketch and I appreciate it's, it. I appreciate uh, it's, it. Again, just the most phallic thing in a show who literally built on the backs of Freud and Jung, Jung originally. So like he's this, just his new interdimensional traveling buddy now. Like they're they're just gonna go and 
pop worlds. Like, how does this work? <laughs> it is interesting, but it's like, on the other hand, like, Masaki is the first person we ever see Adamisk actually talk to. Like, in, from the first episode onward. Like, this yeah. first person, like, okay, you can see me, so I'll actually talk to you. I'll acknowledge you um, in well, a way there that... there was no Haruko. Maybe yeah. that is why. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, I wonder he doesn't have like to he, hide. He doesn't have yeah. to bail. There isn't this lady who wants to eat me around. So let's chat. <laughs> um, no, that it was man eater. I mean, we do. I mean, Prague, right? Like, it's not. It's not. It's not hyperbole. It's just mm-hmm. technically what she does. Pre- pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Levels to that. Um, no, it's uh, it, it is it is it does end on such a different and upbeat note, and in that, well, yeah, it's like it's uh, without, in a very artful way, it is a it is a narrative about essentially like, like each of the characters that are, that get their episode arcs are in their own way like some kind of queer, and it's really neat that they make that work in a way where I don't think that's then a prerequisite to considering it you're just like oh yeah that's an in- that's that is part of what their character is it's not incidental it's not tacked on it's definitely central to their motivations yet uh, everybody can on ramp into it and get like why that matters and i think that's a real it's really well done in very specific narrative ways whether it all perfectly hangs together again i feel like it'll just be such so easy like grunge it'll just be easier to watch as a movie like you don't the credit breaks and certainly oh my god Jesse could speak to this the ad breaks in fucking Canada do not well, do I, it any favors. <laughs> so the, the, the this one did have worse ad breaks in a way than the other ones uh, because the second ad break this time was like qu- quite early, quite a bit before the actual end of the episode, mm-hmm. and because you didn't have a clear cut to the credits, you can't just easily put. Um, an ad break in there, but it might actually be for the best that they moved it forward a little bit, because if they had placed it differently, then people might just assume that you're just going to have a regular ending credit sequence and with no mid credit, crucial, critical context, changing Changing. (laughs) uh, mid credit scene like we got. Uh, So, I mean, if if you're in the situation where you have to put the ad breaks in, I mean, I guess that was, there, there was, thought was put into making that decision of where to put it. And I, I should point out that I, I think that these ad breaks might actually be determined by Adult Swim in the U.S. and not by Adult Swim Canada, because that that's what they always said. Uh, that's what YTV always said whenever they had weird ad breaks for, like, the Bionics anime. They'd always say, like, oh, Viz did that, or Funimation did that, mm, someone. So sure. It still feels like a weird spot to like put them. I would. Mm. It, it it is a well, again, reminder. They're not, desi- they're not designed to have they, those they are, ad breaks in. No, not at all. Like, Even more like, so than third party acquired anime because Adult Swim made this. They made it yeah. for their format, which is one yeah. ad in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's definitely built around like just ad break in the middle, and then all the way through roll with the credits, and then afterwards, it's meant for two ad breaks per per half hour. Um, at most. And even then, like I do, it's definitely going to like uh, it's, you know, just as the other the other two sequels were released, it, oh, you know, the Blu-rays are even in film form in Japan. 
uh, I, this is going to be the same way. Like there's going to be movie versions of this very clearly and they're going to probably just feel better. I think I, uh, I'd watch that. Yeah. Wait, Sketch. What did you think about, I remember last, the last episode we were, we were talking about it. You wanted a little more length. What did you think about the length in this series? You know, up until we came back from the commercial break on this episode, I felt like we were going to manage to get it all in. Mm-hmm. But then they crammed a whole lot into the last 10 minutes. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of that is just trying to f- get the most focus on Harumi's arc and just yeah. everything about them in this episode. And that caused it to be a little overstuffed and, you know, few things to be unclear some questions some good things to be asking some maybe things that shouldn't <laughs> should have been clearer five uh, more minutes yeah. with that whole or thing yeah like yeah five more minutes episode. would have helped a lot if, if it was this a, one i don't think they really needed another episode because all no. of this stuff needed to happen in yeah. the last episode i think they were much more economical or they, i think the team um behind you guys was much more economical and adaptive adaptable mm-hmm. in making things work in three episodes than the, the staff of grunge was i, I mean they, they they both took they, they, they both took more or less character driven or character focused approaches and how mm-hmm. to divide the story up in that format and i mean for the most part it was probably the best decision to make in both cases um but yeah i think i think they overall did a, a, a good job of just sort of making making it work in that format. it does feel it, it feels episodic still I, yeah. I, in my opinion, I think I think I think actually having it broken up into three episodes is still uh, still better. I don't know. It's like if this fun felt less episodic than yeah. grunge. Oh, for sure. Grunge, for grunge sure. Yeah. definitely yeah. only feels episodic because it really does try to very much do the rational modern three perspectives. Like it's like it's built like it's built like segments of a. Uh, of like Kill Bill or something like that, almost where you're just seeing like this character story, this character story, this character story, and then finale. Like it's 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 yeah. that it's that kind of. And when Tarantino does that, he's aping various and sundry Japanese. Yeah. Uh, and filmmakers also, I guess with that move, it's probably uh, worth emphasizing that Rashomon was a movie, so yeah. <laughs> it was one yeah. movie. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and there you go. It's like it's like so in that aspect of if you're going to do those kind of split ups, it can feel weird to do it with episodes. As opposed to not, and like I said, like, yeah, breaks, which just made it felt feel. Every time I could like rewatch it. Um, besides, like I said, then I'm really focusing on. Yeah, you know, I, I turned on descriptive language and when it was as it aired, and then also obviously again for the subtitles. Uh, for when watching rewatching the Japanese, and uh, yeah, it's just it just flows better if you can just watch it through both of both shows. Just don't don't feel like they hold together as strongly because it is counting on you to kind of keep some stuff like, you know, Kana's nurse training kind of fresh in your mind. And with a weak gap in between that, you get back to, Hey, you know how you always have to watch fully Cooley twice. Well, that's why, uh, especially if you've got these gaps between. Well, then I guess it's a good thing for the viewers that they're going to play every part of these episodes in the next coming weeks. I think that's kind of clever actually. It's, oh, it's worth being... a rewatch. These are yeah. these are worth a rewatch because there's a lot yeah. of little little um, blo- throwbacks to the main series yeah. and the other series, and just 
general references that will make more yeah. sense the second time yeah. around and a lot more nuances to pick up. Like after, after I sat down and like I read a couple reviews, there were things that I had missed that yeah. other people had picked up on and probably vice versa. So I think that rewatch is a good one. I do want to say the shoe gaze, um, was a, it's a bit of a stretch. I was in the minority though with the grunge as well. So I might be in the minority here. I think, I think referencing shoegaze music was a bit of a stretch in this. I think I, I understand what they wanted to accomplish by making that reference. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, having a bit of an indie feel. Mm-hmm. But so when I think shoegaze music, like even with even with something, you know, more uh, uh, guitar heavy noise like My Bloody Valentine, I, I think of it as like sit sit on your bed and stare at the ceiling music and you just kind of feel like the noise yeah. just makes you feel right. Yeah. This I I didn't quite I I don't quite see the connection between the story and the music, and it may have been that they this yeah. was just a convenient um, title for yeah. the sake of having one that's a reference to a type of rock music. Well, and it's another type of rock music that is one of the many influences on the pillows. The pillows is like an alternative past d shack like they do grunge tracks they do brit pop tracks they do punk tracks they do like they they have it all in there they definitely have things that are closer maybe to a shoegazy kind of washed out distorted vein but not you're not dealing with added into like their tracks and parts and you can tell when it's there for sure yeah um but at the same time like yeah it does i mean i mean that's one thing with the somewhat strange structure of grunge is i can say like oh like a grunge song we have the verse which is this character story and then we'd have our chorus which is this taste of the of the finale and then we have a verse and then we have a, a chorus and taste of the finale and then we have a verse and we have our big chorus finale with like the at the end and it's and then we kind of fades out into feedback yeah. and, and and like i could see it structurally um or at least i can ex post facto apply it to it and not feel bad about it even if it was in no way intended and was entirely accidental i don't know <laughs> if there's quite such an easy mapping here other than like, okay, it's awkward, difficult, and indie. Well, I suppose that is kind of shoegaze. Um, <laughs> I'll give it to you. Uh, or at the most basic level, shoegaze is apparently a spinoff of alternative. I mean, yeah, at that kind of... Uh, what, and when with grunge having already taken that particular sticker or label out of, that, out of their hat for that one. Um, yeah, I mean... It's, I mean, it was interesting to sort of like the other thing that kind of struck me just sort of like stepping back from it after it was done was like, it's kind of wild to think about when Adult Swim started, like very quickly there was because of circumstances, uh, like they pulled the Teddy Bopper episode of Bebop repeatedly. And here many years later. We just have like a, the whole plot is teenagers blowing up a building. <laughs> just kids doing terrorism is like the driving plot. Of this. That, that's so creepy. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. It's like it's so strange. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> I said it in the first episode. It's got terrorism on a like, tower, no less. Yeah, exactly. I was like, they're straight up doing this. They're gonna. They're gonna well, they made a not, bomb and they're taking it up the tower. That is they're, happening. They're, Real. They life. are. They are literally doing in Oklahoma City because they literally <laughs> say it's a diesel. Uh, fertilizer bomb like that like they are like no obviously not to the scale of a writer truck but 
no no exactly verbatim no, just as like fantastical Jesus. as all of this was it, yeah. i want to say that this this particular series got the most real with me yeah <laughs> like it's incredibly doing grounded okay. <laughs> it's incredibly grounded even the setting like yeah. you know the, the the aspect of we see in um alternative a lot of imagery that is meant to evoke no matter how else they want to cut it, it very much does evoke the um, the kind of footage that came out of the 311 disaster in Japan, that earthquake and the and the tsunami, where you see you know, and they show it in very similar ways. This detached thing of the iron going through buildings and you know inside, you know, like the kind of thing that looks like surveillance camera footage because that's what it's it's mimicking. And we see the town ten years later, and we see that kind of like yeah, some shit's kind of rebuilt. There's also this dumb tourist boondoggle. Like it's very much like they they in no way avoid that kind of like okay so here's ten years of later what these kind of places ended up like in real life it is more of that grounding is setting um, I mean probably the least grounding th- grounded thing in there is the blatant product placement of the Honda electric car we will never get in North America <laughs> that they gave. Um, Kana, but what does does at least serve as again another sort of like anti Harukoism. Haruko is still like I'm gonna I'm gonna buzz around on my little Vespa and be you know forever nineteen. And uh, it's also kind yeah. of a fun ha- callback to the episode in Alternative. I think it's the second episode of Alternative when uh, Kana had to drive Haruko's van. We, we see we see her we see her. She's like, hey, I think I might be good at driving. It turns out she is, but she's still got a reasonable electric car. Like she's got, like she has the reasonable EV in contrast to <laughs> Haruko and her junkyard, as we now know, <laughs> yeah. uh, Vespa. I still think, though, the shoegaze reference it, yeah. it doesn't quite fit because when I think no. shoegaze, you think like distorted guitar, like this this indistinguishable sound. Um, fluctuating, yeah. and, and I mean, and I guess they have a good amount of distortion. Though, like every character is, they're not. I mean, distorted maybe, but they're the the, the characters are distinguished. They're not yeah. all kind of layered yeah. together. They have yeah. individuality. They stand out. They have yeah. you know characterized storylines, etc. So, like, it doesn't yeah. quite fit. Maybe I'm missing something, but I, mean, I would pick a different to, music to, 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 to qualify this. To the extent to which distortion and vagueness comes up, it is that there is this blended world that we're seeing through Masaki's eyes. So we're seeing this distorted interlinking of dimensions. And in, and when we see people jump between dimensions, we see literal distortion, literally signal fading in, fading out uh, stuff in the case of Harmony's okay. episode. But oh, it's, okay. it's, again... Yeah. But yeah, again, it's the kind of thing where it's like much like me saying like maybe the structure of grunge is grunge itself. It's me being exposed back to it. it's like we have distorted imagery with these ghostly figures and stuff and these the, the haunting kind of aspects of it. Um, yeah, again, it's we, we get to, it's we think not sit in your bed and stare at the ceiling episode. It's no, it's no, like, like it's you it's, have it's, to it's be fully <laughs> engaged. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fully coolie. There's there's no there's no point in any fully coolie where you can't just be giving it like three hundred percent focus. Yeah. Um, regardless of whether it always manages to hold it together to make that, despite that, make sense for everyone. Um, that's what it's trying. They're all aiming for that, right? They're all aiming at that level of trying to keep keep the ball in the air. Well, it's psychedelic, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. 
Jesse, oh, were you I, saying something? I, did, I think I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I, wait, I've got something for Jesse, though, in terms of just speaking of production history and stuff. I realized that Jesse, since those Canadians are here, Follicoli sequels and spinoffs are basically the spider writers of Toonami because they're production IG third stringers and subcontractors doing a co-pro. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I think we, we talked about in the last episode, I don't think pr- production IG actually did any work in these. I think it's yeah. it's pretty much all Studio Nut at this point. Well, it's Studio yeah, Nut for... Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not, it's not for, for this, and then it was uh, Mont Blanc for uh, Grunge. Uh, yeah. I hope we I, see I, more out of I'll Mont Blanc. I'll certainly take like, Nut yeah. over... Um, uh, Mont Blanc? Over Mont, well, over, over Mont Blanc, but uh, also B-Train. So, yeah, no, oh, no, no. Yeah. Both, of, both of them are better than B Train. Dear God. Oh no! Um, Coolie Coolie done by B Train. There, there's a timeline <laughs> where that yeah. happens. There's a timeline where that happens. You realize this. There's a timeline where B Train doesn't fold. Adult Swim gets the rights with IG, and there's a B Train, uh, <laughs> fully Coolie. Oh, what a <laughs> talk what about a, talk about your alternate universes. <laughs> what a dreadful. Oh my God! Concept. Um, no, I will say that because just on a on ambition alone, I do hope we see more out of Mont Blanc. Not obviously is a lot more comfortable with giving people what they're going to expect aesthetically from a fully coolie. Like you can just like there's a whole bunch of shots where you're just like Jesus. That's just a, that's a 2004 shot that could have been dropped into anything Gynax made around there. You could have dropped that into Rikuti Huddy. You could have dropped that into a Benabashi. You could have dropped it into even, you know, uh, Gurren Lagan a bit later. It's just the whole pose, the whole layout, colors, background, everything. Um, Nut is very happy in that space. I would be curious to see what they are, what they can do when they're allowed to have more of their own voice. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised by this director given, you know, Yes, just endless panty shots, and apparently from a history of that from other works. Yet again, weirdly, like, okay. I forgot fully, how many there were in Alternative, but when I was rewatching, it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's actually quite but, a, and, and, quite and a and few. Dis, and despite that, the, uh, Uemura made the conscious decision to give Kana a pantsuit in yeah. this one. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's again, it's the weird little tells of maturity versus yeah. not. Um, and also, well, like I said, like the, the just the fact that you can have a show that is otherwise reveling in being pure while, but then has this very, you know, explicit message by the end of it of, of love and acceptance, uh, no matter what. That's an interesting place for a director to, to come from. I'm like, okay, this guy's got a voice that I want to see. I want to see another context. I want to see not bound up by an IP. Like, again, just like when I got to the end of Grunge and I'm like, boy, I hope I can see something else from this studio and these people so I can see what they get to do and they can do something on their own because that's what we got with Fully Cooley originally is we got to see what some people could do when they're on their own. I want the same thing here with Nut and the director here is like to give this person a blank check to even if it's just another three episode thing, but their yeah. own three episodes, not stuck in these rules because clearly they have things that they're struggling to kind of weave in here like we haven't yes. even talked about uh, talked about like how this is you know we kind of touched on like how this is almost a rejection of a lot of 
Well, there, there's more mature themes in both yeah. of these series than there were in the other three, I think. I, I, cert- I, I could see that for sure. I mean, we talked about alcoholism in one and this one. I mean, mm-hmm. the teenagers were older for one thing. Certainly, you know, the, the, the element of, I guess, gender dysmorphia or just in general. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the, like, this is this is straight up like the transest, gayest, fully coolie. And it's, um, they're, they're very, they're, it's handled with, it, it, it is handling these mature themes with like straight up honesty. Yes. And there, there's no care. questioning that like gender dysmorphia is the entire basis around the, 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 the two dimension idea here yeah it's not an incidental point it's like the whole it's it's the whole basis well and just like the whole thing where she's like or i should say he is uncomfortable in these they uncomfortable in the clothes that they themselves made they're like these clothes these tags are digging into me it's all like it's one genius use of red herring because you're just thinking like oh this person's very haruko code it's just going to be haruko it's just haruko fucking with us again it's like no this person has their own drives their own reasons and is the put this way they felt wrong act- because it was wrong. They didn't belong right. there. Well, and it's like it's 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 this great sort of play on like again, Haruko's not in this show, but we see aspects of her character or rejections of aspects of her character in this. If somebody's acting like Haruko, you can do it for the reason Haruko's are doing, which is just fucked up and selfish. Um, or you can do it for the reasons where it's like, no, I'm not in my right place yet, and I'm trying to find that, and yeah. that's what we skip through Harmi, and like that's really clever that's a very that's like that is a that is a deconstruction in the same way we see touched on in alternative and touched on by virtue of progressive saying we're not going to do freud we're going to do lacan and zizek instead um and 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 we're going to you know like a bit of that this is brings it into much more central focus while again not really eloquently i think there's a type of propensity especially there's like there's ways of doing that where you're just going to break the flow of the show because you don't actually know how to handle it otherwise. This just keeps the ball moving the whole time. You're just along for the ride. You're on the same page as as the character, and by the end of it, you're like, yeah, you agree with them. You agree with how I they came to their position. The ten minute candy shopping session. To be <laughs> well, I, tie, I I do like how that tie, they they tie back to that yeah. in episode three. Um, they were talking about the curry candy in the mm-hmm. last episode. You have all these. What were the weird candy? Weird, I, I guess, quote unquote, mature candy tastes. They were curry curry going of corn all, candy. <laughs> yeah, well, and curry going all the way back to the first fully coli, yeah. Yeah. right? Like that's a callback, but also. I think that aspect also of like I want every flavor. I don't want to settle for one person's idea of what I'm supposed to enjoy. Okay. Yeah. Like there's there's a level to that. Sure. And I, you know what? I'm not even going to enjoy that the way you expect. You okay. think I'm just going to be a glutton, but I just want it for the aesthetic. All I right. want every I color of the rainbow Carl, for an aesthetic. You've blown my mind a little bit with seeing <laughs> past the surface, and I always like to think that I can do that. You know at a fair pace, but you picked up on nuances that I didn't quite think of. And I honestly think you, you said you watched it twice. I only watched it once. These, some of these things are things I think second time around. I think fully, I think that's just always been the problem with fully coolly. Like I didn't, I remember the first time I watched the in from the first series, the first time I watched Firestar, I just didn't know what the fuck happened. (laughs) I just didn't know what the fuck happened. And you go back and rewatch it and you're, and you're like, okay, it makes a little more sense. And then like, that's one thing I will say. I don't know if it's 
additional years experience on my end, but I have never felt like Jesus. I'm just need a fucking director's commentary. Original Fully Collie actually just genuinely benefits from the benefits from the director's commentary. Like it's like avid notes level of dense. Um, and um, the, none of these sequels have necessarily been that bad. But on the other hand, it's a lot easier now to be like, oh, I just want to just rewatch these things on on repeat. Well, I don't even have to swap discs. I'll just like I'll just throw this thing up and just keep streaming it until it makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, like it's, it is interesting. Like I really like, I've been very, like I was really, at first I just thought they were kind of trying to tack too much stuff on. And then certainly on the rewatch, I'm like, geez, they really made that work. And it all calls back. And it's, it's interesting because it's, that is something that structurally alternative did. Alternative has, you know, lots of, I love you and stuff. in kind of the first episode and the last episode, and we get that kind of like, you know, back and forth here of like the, Things that you're like, all of the stuff that they're saying that seems just like out of pocket in the first episode makes sense by the last one. But you kind of almost have to then go back and watch that first one and be like, no, like, yeah, is 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 Harmony being shocking? Like, of course they are, because they're not fucking happy. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're like, uh, what, what, why are they talking about, like, drinking piss? And you're like, because they're like... They're about to jump off the side of a building. They had reason for it. Like they literally, like again, in terms of like imagery that they're between the sort of explicit implications and then the implicit of oh, you're showing a character with that background doing that in the middle of that activity or being subjected to that thing. Wow, you know, like it it, is, they, they they didn't hold back on anything. Like it does strike me that Harumi is the character that stands out to us the most. But yeah. Masaki is the one with the N.O. He's supposed yeah. to be the Naoki typecast, you know, unsatisfied with life. The one who prompts all of this, who has the ability to bring these worlds together. And yeah. I felt like the ending, minus the epilogue, mm-hmm. he kind of faded back, you know. He he kind of just just melted a little bit and... It's interesting because I mean, it's the same thing we had... see all with Shimpachi too. Like we see like, the character yeah. that actually has the magical powers is the, in a sense, both of them deconstruct as like this people, the person with the magical powers, the least actually, actually the least interesting one. Oh yeah. Cause it's absolutely. like, because like they have, they have agency that's not even human. How, oh, how, yeah, how yeah. do you actually really, how do you actually relate to that? No, they how they are interested for this ability. That's what they right. are. Yeah. What makes them more interesting or the way that they can be used in an interesting way is how do they, help their friends self-actualize how do they you know how are they motivators for other people right yeah Uh, and that makes sense because there she was the only friend he had and he loved her him they he loved he loved them (laughs) yeah i'm so just 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 the fact that we have to do that for a fully coolie actually makes me like low-key ecstatic because it's something that's like so of all like it's you know, people are like, did these things need to exist? And I'm like, you know what? If they had, if we had gotten five Nautas out of this, Christ, no, they had never, definitely would not have need to exist if they were just completely wrenching. If they're in the position where we have to reconsider kind of like other, like if we have to, if we have to actually like talk through stuff that's complex in the same way that like the original series made us have to talk through stuff that's complex. Okay, they're still technically a cash in, but at least they're respecting a certain aspect of why the original existed which is to try and like put so much on the table that it's hard to parse that it's challenging the audience this is still clearly challenging the audience 
Like we are the kind of people like to talk about this shit all the time. And even we're like, fuck, how do we talk about this character? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, in the like when I was on the last episode, Masaki was is just he's kind of a wild card throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. He has the power. You don't like, and it's there's this question of what exactly will he be able to do with it when mm-hmm. when the time comes. And so much of it is just narrowing down on how to just kind of embrace and express this empathy for his mm-hmm. friend. And he has the you know the opportunity to you know as um. As we're all as the whole thing's kind of building up to is Kanda's objective here of wanting to unfuck the world, mm-hmm. uh, and he he can do that, but it's like, what exactly is unfucking the world going to entail? It's yeah. not really clear. Um, but and you know, unfucking the world is not it's something many people think will solve all their problems, and that's not going to happen because we don't know exactly what's gonna uh, what's <laughs> gonna happen when you try to do that. But when he's in that position, he knows. That or I think or he seems to know mm-hmm. that, you know, this what what he can do is he can fix this one thing yeah. fully and completely. Yeah. And we were talking earlier about um, about Har- like Harmy having false memories or mm-hmm. uh, or having experienced a false life or forgetting everything that happened. And I, I don't think that's the right way to think of it. Yeah. I think it's that when when Masaki corrected things or made things right or created the world that seemed right for Harumi. He he did it fully and completely. He went back like he was able to go back and insert them back into the life they were supposed to leave and they experienced that life mm. um acro- across time and space. Mm. Uh and then and would he have been able to do like would that have happened if they had fully merged the dimensions together? I mean it's possible that that wouldn't yeah. have been possible, but it was possible. It was possible for that one person, mm-hmm. and in the end, that's kind of what was the most important thing. Is that what? And that's what he was able to do. It's also that's, that's, of, that was my that was my takeaway from it. No, it's, 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 I think yeah. you're I think you're right, and it's also, I mean, we've been kind of dancing around it, but like in the ways that this is a bit of a, um, a, a response to a rejection of some of the notes that um, Re- Evangelion Rebuild ends on. Um, uh, it, 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 and that's another thing that this uh, reminded me of. That, uh, as of today, you can buy uh, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 on uh, Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray from the good folks at G-Kids. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, in the, in the sense of like, you know, how it's very interesting to see the, that there is that key difference of like how what, the world that Shinji essentially builds in response to the circumstance versus the world that Masaki builds in response to circumstance and what they choose for themselves going forward being very different things. Um, and, and again, explicitly evoking Evangelion Im- imagery during the course. It's like, you don't show no anime shows water washing up onto a beach when you're based <laughs> off a Gynax am- anime without knowing exactly what the fuck you're doing. That is like this gets into like again what like fully coolly will show you something for half a second and the whole point is, is it's supposed to evoke twenty six episodes and four movies, and five movies. Uh, that's that's the problem with it. <laughs> problem with it is is like the, why, why am I bouncing off of this? It's like because you're not keeping like fifty years of pop culture 
uh, on a on a Rolodex in your head um, because you're reasonable. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not you're not insane. <laughs> uh, to, you know, positive connotation. Uh, that aspect of this, though, where it kind of like instead of being, you know, <laughs> I, I like how. Um, to be clear, I like how re- the rebuilds ended, but it is very weird that it's all like Shinji ends up with a woman who's like years older than her. Like it's just the whole thing's like strange. Like ending up with Mari is strange. It's a strange way of handling it. It makes sense in the context of this all being somewhat of a metaphor. Whether Ano likes it or not, like he, even if he doesn't think of it, his brain did. Like at a subliminal level, it's very, you know, him coming to terms with his his life, his love, etc. Letting go of teenage loves for the mature loves that he found. Fine. There is something very poetic in Masaki being like, I am literally, I made friends with a god to, to come across worlds to be with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, and again, not having to say that, showing it through the actions. You say that it's corny and shitty. That's bad writing. You show it, that's what you're supposed to do because you're you're in animation and you have complete control of the medium. It you have so every opportunity. Too. He looks so happy. He's happy and blushing. Like yeah. he is yeah. local, local spooky gay teen hooks back up with oh, their yeah. gender fluid uh, SO. Yes. I'm in, glad you said Mars. that. He's a on teenager Mars. and it's a teenage expression of feeling. It's so perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's uh, just where it's supposed to be. And again, like just for that to come from the guy who's like, throwing panty shots everywhere as a director and then apparently has some other show that I'll, uh, what was the show that you guys mentioned last week? Punchline. 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 I'm going to have to watch Punchline now. <laughs> like, that's what sucks. I'm going to have to go watch that. Yes. Deal is. Yes, Carl, you should watch Punchline. Should I watch Punchline? <laughs> Sketch? You know me. Is this something? I haven't actually seen it, so I can't wholeheartedly recommend it, but I mean, if you liked Alternative and you liked this, then I don't see why you wouldn't um, also like something else from the director. But, um, ah, man, this, this is was... definitely a fooly cooly for people who have, um, enjoyed other adult swim titles and are a little yeah. older. I don't think at 13 and, and I, I could be speaking in broad strokes. I could be entirely wrong. I'm not sure at 13 you can pick up maybe on some of all the nuances in this. I could be entirely yeah. wrong, though. You could be a 13-year-old queer person who sees this and be like, that's me. I understand all of this. I relate to this character. This yeah. I think there is something for multiple yeah. audiences here. Yeah. It's, but yeah, this probably different. more so than any prior Fooly Cooly actually had a message for That's a an adult. I, I well, think yeah. it also does. It needs to be stressed that you won't pick up on any of that until subsequent viewings, because it does yeah. not click until you see that and, and thing, you know that, that scene at the end that changes the context yeah. of everything. It's, I, well, I, not, I well, it's not well, it's I mean, apparent I'm through. wrong here. I take back what I said, because we're all biased because we've seen every yeah. other series in this yeah. time. So I yeah. take back what I said. I think Sketch is right on point. He says there's something for everybody. I think he's right. I will say well, really, not everybody, but at least two whatever, different kinds you know of people. I, you I will know say, what I mean. I will say that maybe more so than grunge, this probably, you know, Jesse and I have both lamented on our episodes here. It's so strange that we're getting these things as orphans without the context of the rest of the show. 
Um, this, I mean, however, I would, lo- I would love to find somebody who, like, who, oh, oh yeah, has just like randomly stumbled on this on Canadian TV without knowing what it is. But, and but I will say, what their opinion. Opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If tonight we're talking about, if you suddenly stumbled on this and then decided to listen to extremely long podcasts. Um, <laughs> Please well, like, tell absolutely. us what your experience yes. was watching this for the first time. We're very interested. Uh, um, but it's I will say that this probably stands alone a little better than grunge and honestly probably stands alone a little better than alternative or progressive because of that aspect of you have at least between Masaki and Harami a kind of clear narrative about like what they were realized about themselves over the course of this thing. Yes, there are some flashbacks here. There are some things where. On, a, on an, an additional re- rewatch, even again, if you're missing these other pieces of context, look, it's fully cool. It's always had a lot of jargon that can imply something and is certainly at points being used as an explicit stand-in for whatever particular uh, psychological framework they want to play with in that particular series. Mm-hmm. However, this feels like, I think specifically, you may, you know, you mentioned like, you know, how, how is like a queer 13-year-old going to watch this? And I'm like... Yeah. I, I don't think they need the rest of the context. I think they just watch the whole thing and like, okay, that one particular narrative makes sense. If they go back yeah. and then kind of watch alternative Kana's narrative in, in the middle of that will make more sense. Yeah. Um, and I think also it's like, I think the interesting thing is, is like, it's very interesting to look at like Kana and Harami as like, particularly like the, you know, button down, more closeted, less feeling comfortable with expression kind of like, Gen Xer, millennial, kind of queer versus like the like fuck you. I will be on Tumblr and I, I have smoke for everyone. <laughs> uh, Zoomer queer, the Harami is, and it's like that's that, again the fact we're talking about this in a fully coolie. Just oh, it's a good way of putting it. It's it a good way sense. of putting it. It is. It well, does make sense. Yeah. It, it it it. And the thing is, it's just like it's like to me, like again, like are you are they making are they making good use of the framework? Yes, in the same way that like. The original Fully Coolie says, like, okay, all this super, you know, Freudian, and Ava, we're going to crunch it up, we're going to yung it up a little, we're going to make it super tight, and we're going to get Fully Coolie out of it. Um, but it's still basically, it's, 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 the, it's a young man's hetero love story. And it, it, it's a really sweet one, too. <laughs> that yeah. scene where they kiss, and then the, the ending scene... Where he oh, yeah. finds Harami are just so precious. And I love that. that leaves I you love with a good that, feeling. I will say, I yeah. love that by the time they kiss, strictly speaking, the audience already knows that like Harami is not just like a girl. Like that's like because we see her flashbacks. We see like oh, we know yeah. we like like that is just that that's oh we showed this you know, like and then also just again callbacks to the original fully coolly mouth to mouth mouth to mouth mouth to mouth. What do we finally actually see here? Actual mouth to mouth. Well, also, <laughs> yeah. there, there was another callback to that with uh, with Kana and Harumi too, where she's actually resuscitated. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what that, 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 that was. I think was that was a. I mean, compare that to Grunge's callback to that scene. Like there, there there's actual subversion going on here. Well, yeah. Well, no. Whereas, whereas, whereas Grunge is like, we've shown these fully coolie bits hmm, as a way of. Whereas Grunge says, we've shown you these fully coolie bits as a way of saying. Now here's three kids who actually kind of self-actualize in a way that's probably more positive than Nauta for in various ways. Uh, but we've shown that with with the expected imagery. Here we've said we've, we've instead of like we're gonna show this like cartoony hidden kissing, et cetera, nope. We're gonna just show a person actually doing CPR. 
and, and no, then the kiss, no offense. We're not go- then the kiss are not going to build. Then yes. the actual kiss are going to build. We're not going to build in a way that calls it back. And by the time you see that kiss, it's not another het kiss and and fully cool. No. And it's also yeah. two consenting teenagers yes. at the same age, rather than a semi-adult kissing a very young adolescent, which what? always was a little odd to me. I was okay, like, okay, no, wait, I gotta, I gotta like, say something here. I gotta say something here. Okay, so say it, sketch. The reaction that Harumi has to getting mouth to mouth from Kana is a total rejection. Yeah. Yeah. Of all of that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. And also maybe a clue that Harumi, even as a female in that universe, doesn't like girls. Yeah. Well, and that, like, again, they like Masaki. That's who they want. Yeah, they they like Masaki. And then even once they are, I'm I'm back in my universe in my right body. I still like Masaki. Still down. Like that's I wish they'd like, held hands or something. I don't know. It's just a little like I, I, finger touch. I, I mean, it would have been great if they could have put a, if they could have gilded the li- Lily just a hair. Yeah. Fire funny used Lily so. as the imagery here, but we'll flip that around. No, uh, no, but, like a little no. like, finger touch. <laughs> yeah. Like a little bit of but, something. But just the just the just the realization, the fact that like clearly Misaki's like just you could just see it on his face. And then that moment of like the Again, that's where you're just like, okay. He's like, I came, fi- I came to find you. It was so yeah, cute. And that, it was so well, cute. and just the moment of realization on Hanami's face, where you see his yeah. face, and that, like, that's the kind of click that when you see that kind of click in real, like, it captures. It's very good animation character acting stuff. That's that kind of stuff that's like, yes. you know, how do people end up like super into stuff like in. Uh, and like Isaac, and like, how do you end up like those type of people? And you're like, because you'll see something like that, and when you understand like the kind of emotion they manage to communicate, what they mm-hmm. instead of having to show, God, the only way I can show this is if they're holding hands or smooching. Like, no, I can show it with the realization on their face that they just found like a lost love. Like, that's art. That's that's like you know that's that's the that's that's a that's a punchline because just, it's like it's subliminal. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna say something that no one's gonna agree with. Go for it. I liked the animation in Grunge better. I I won't I I will I will say that as somebody who is pretty tolerant to a lot of different styles, Grunge was at least a very con- coherent aesthetic. I know Jesse does not like it, could not get past it, <laughs> and I'm not going to blame you. Like um, I said, like yeah, you have to meet it halfway, and I yeah. just I can't I can't do it. Yeah, so. I for me it wasn't a meet it halfway. I'm just like I was able to step into it and be like, this is. A different approach, a different, uh, different take, a different lane, and to me, that was also just sort of like I could, I could, I could step into it easier by saying, it's like, strictly speaking, this is the kind of thing I want out of more reboots. Like I remember twenty years ago on the Toon Zone forum talking with, I think it was probably like Matt and Corey and the usual gang there, and I think it was like they were doing some sort of Looney Tunes reboot, and it was just like characterless and one of them just pitched like they should just be giving these things out like random shorts different different directors so that we can each see their flavor on it oh yeah and that is as close as what we got like runs is the first time we really got somebody saying like we're really good progressive does it kind of a little and but it doesn't quite hold together um it doesn't you don't want to necessarily do that during the course of the show or if you're going to do it during the course of the show you have to do it cut by cut the way the original fully coolie did where you'd have like cuts that are just obviously this person this person this person um trying to do that at the episode level gets a little more confusing though i guess again since it aired as a film in japan maybe that scans differently uh here 
you know, Nut is like, hey, we know how to be that era of Gynax and bless them. They are they're very good at it. They, yeah, like, they hold they hold that down. Whereas, yeah, grunge, like it was so fresh to sort of see, especially because they weren't like it'd be one thing if it was just 3D puppets and models. But they pull in these different little bits here and there like they they, they felt and they pull it in in a way that isn't the um, the Gohan's way of like we could put the camera. Like I said, they, they understand that like still rules of physics have to apply to how you <laughs> compose a shot. Um they, ha- they understand that, but then they say, like, okay, given the physics of this shot, what do we decide to render Grunge it? So reminds they- me a little bit of earlier Orson Welles with, like, experimental <laughs> style changes to see how it fits within an existing yeah. framework. And I really liked it. Mm, I, I yeah. thought that that was a lot of fun. I've said for a while that I think Toonami would benefit from a lot of creative animation style choices that we that, – that I enjoy, like, what – um, what's the series called? A Blade Runner did by having a different yeah. style of animation. I yeah. enjoy having those creative uh, uh, nuances, and well, and I did kind of like, like the three person storyline structure. Yeah. I like that. This was Shoegaze was a great series. I think it stands on its own in mm-hmm. the Fully Cooly lore. Yeah, personally, I resonated better with Grunge, and it may have been a visual thing. And also a, a stylistic thing for me, per- it, just just my own choice. It, it obviously, is the the certified fanatic on the on the on the episode. Um, both hit different pockets for me. Um, like I said, Orinoco's story for me just like like that just story just reminds me of places where people grew up. Like it just reminds me of like family roots back to Butte, Montana, and stuff like that for me to see her like in these kind of like burnt out mining town type places. Like that's just just calls that kind of stuff back um, in a deep, real way. Um, and shit, like to the point where I was like literally shook the first time I saw it. Um, as someone, you know, it's like with this. It's hard for me because it's like, no matter how you cut it, like I'm a middle class, middle aged, cis, white, het male. (laughs) Um, But I really appreciate when I see like well done queer stories always have like Mm -hmm. and it's part of what kept me in anime. Like, I think I think like the third or fourth thing I did for like Toon Zone for write ups was like Gravitation, which is corny. But it's the kind of thing where it's like that kind of stuff managed to like literally broaden me and make me into a better person and more tolerant and respectful person. And to see that in the heart of something like Fully Cooly, which was the kind of thing that got me into those writing positions, I'm just like, I really appreciate it because it also means like I'm keenly aware of my privilege of how many of these anime stories are geared around people who basically live my life experience in some way or through metaphor, right? And to see that broaden in such a way that like, even if you even if that isn't your direct experience, you can still relate and emotionally connect to that. That's again just fantastic. That's like that's the result you can hope to get, especially out of something that has you know like yes, this is an IP thing. The idea that you're trying to create like a, everybody talked about that line where Demarco compares it to Star Wars, and you're just like pull up. Um, and you know, by the way, bless Demarco for linking to my article. Yay! Yeah, that was a um, nice uh, shout out. By the way, that's how I read your article. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, thoughts connected. Um, yeah. I really, actually, genuinely have to thank him. Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, um, like I wouldn't. Uh, sorry, you know, sorry, it's, sorry. It's, it's, yeah, no. As much as this is weird that it exists, um, 
so far and it, like it, of course it, like it should be a your mileage may vary thing like it shouldn't necessarily like if you're doing fully fully right the idea that given the average kind of level of engagement people have with any sort of given kind of material media literacy personal tastes it shouldn't ring for everyone except for people who want to just like tear stuff apart I mean, that's part of why I don't write as much anymore, because if I did, I don't want to write everything. People are like, you're the fully coolie fanatics. Like, no, like if you threw any show over my wall these days and said I had to do it because I was getting paid. Um, one, you got to pay me a lot. I work at tech. I'm doing pretty well. But more, more to the point. Um, uh, hey, all it's I just want sort is a like, one piece I, mug. OK, my expectations <laughs> are small in this world. I've, I've been I, <laughs> I, I, my, my expectations were destroyed by getting DVDs and uh, for free back when they were thirty dollars for four episodes, and then oh, yeah, that oh was a, that was a pretty good pay scale back then. <laughs> I mean, I should have been actually paid, but the, no one we were making no money, so what can you do? Uh, <laughs> like I was, I know that if I were to anything I'd want to bother to write about, I'd write about with that level of depth. And there's plenty of other shows where I could probably do that. Like I, you know, I picked up my Isaac and Blu-rays the other day. I picked the bought that at a physical store, even thanks to Jesse tipping me off. And I was just like, oh man, I want to rewatch this. But if I rewatch this, and I'm in this mode that I'm already in from Fully Coolie, it's going to be bad. <laughs> Jesse, where does hey. this stand for you in the lore of Fully Coolie world? <laughs> yes, by all means. Wait, wait, you, you mean off. like, so, sorry, do you mean like chronologically? No, I mean like, how do you, uh, uh, Stitch oh. said that, that you had strong feelings about grunge. Like, how did you feel about this? I wouldn't say I had, for you? I wouldn't say I had strong feelings about grunge. I just kind of, um, didn't like it very much. It, it just, it was, it, I just found it off putting, uh, and I could not click with it. Uh, even though I did watch the whole thing, uh, there were some things I liked about it, but Ultimately, it just didn't it, it, it really fell short. And I ultimately just kind of am not as big on the Fooly Cooly spinoffs that try to take a like a wild reinterpretation of what makes Fooly Cooly Fooly Cooly and then trying to imitate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer the route that Alternative and Shoegaze have taken, uh, where you're just taking the essential like the the very core elements of of fully cooly and going completely against expectations and not trying to recreate what the original was doing but just doing something completely different and it i i mean i think alternative is still my overall favorite uh sequel to the original fully cooly but shoegaze is it if nothing else it is definitely a i, I think it stands pretty pretty well on its own i'd probably rank it just just below alternative but i mean it's also just a really nice um addendum to alternative as well um but i I like just seeing the thread of how how many perceived uh essential aspects of fully can you remove in each sequel and and have it still be fully coolly um and i I almost uh, would like to see umara keep going to the point where oh we can just what happens if we take out the pillows music? What happens if we don't call it Fooly Cooly? What happens if we just keep making things and, yeah. call, and, and that are indistinguishable from a distinct property but can still be perceived as a sequel of Fooly Cooly? I think I think that'd be kind of cool. Maybe I mean I mean it's kind of almost what Gynax did. Yeah, I mean it's kind of almost what Gynax did because I mean in, in like many people have said like hey the real Fooly Cooly sequels uh, Die Buster. Uh, in the sense of like yeah. a spiritual inheritor. 
And I can see that angle to it for sure. Um, and yeah. it, I mean, it, I, it, I like it, it, Fully Alternative that, more. Th- I like Fully Cooly Alternative more than I like Die Buster. Oh, there, well, there you <laughs> go. There you go. Uh, There's the hot take. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, it's. Uh, I mean, it is. It has been interesting to sort of see how what people can, what 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 people do and don't retain, because it is also a reflection of what you're. We do get to see sort of what given directors and writers thought are Fully Cooly was to them. So even if it's something it's like that wasn't what I wanted out of a fully clear, you can be like, ah, oh, but I can have an understanding of what somebody th- else thought of the original work through this work, um, even if it doesn't all hang together, um, which is, you know, that's a whole separate write up. It's a whole other tangent. Um, and it's been interesting. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned it's like this is a good addendum. And I'm really glad it was. Like there is a yeah. huge oppor- there is a huge possibility here that even with the original people involved, revisiting it might have done damage to Kana as a character. And I already kind of liked her arc. It was a very interesting arc. Yes, is it kind of an unclear ending, at least as we originally got it, as to what happened? Yes, we now have that clarity. That clarity did not damage that ending. That clarity didn't hurt her as a character. And everything we saw added was if anything, weirdly reassuring, because I think if you were to be the kind of person who's like, yeah, I was a con at one phase of my life and now I'm a con at this next phase of my life. And what are you going to do when you are that like burnt out? OL, right? Like how, yeah. how do you handle that? And the sort of that aspect of saying like, just because you're fucking 27 doesn't mean your life's over is like the key sort of thing we can take from Kana's arc. And we need to put that in every anime ever because I'm really tired of seeing this <laughs> peak at teenage years bullshit. Holy yeah, crap. I think, I think, I think it, yeah, no, it you're right. When you said that, it was like, no, it's an annoying well, cultural thing. Well, it's an annoying cultural yeah. thing. It's also, boy, for something that's so wrapped up in rock music, yeah. there's a lot of weight to the line. There's a life after the age of 27. Uh, yeah. Specifically, like, I mean, mm-hmm. what fully coolly grunge, Cobain. Forget 27. Uh, there's a life yeah. after 16. Like, yeah, these people but, but, seem to not oh, of get course. It. I'm just saying it's like they even managed to work in like the old rock numerology stuff in there. Whether, again, whether they intended it or not happens to fall out of it. Great. That's the kind, mm-hmm. again, the art of, uh, of doing this is sometimes you get some freebies. Um, but yeah, like no, it's 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 it that to you know in a sense that aspect of something that was probably always missing in Fully Cooly, which is that like every fucking adult in the Fully Cooly up until this point has been kind of like some degree of awful and shiftless, um, none more than Haruko, the adult who doesn't want to admit she is one, and thus tries and thus is you know forever nineteen, mm-hmm. um, to have Kana just sort of be like. Ah, I got I fucking my adult life didn't work out. Well, fuck it. I'm still I still have the things that I have, and I'm going to be a nurse, and I'm going to in the moment I'm going to actually you know I'm not going to it's not you know it's fight and flight, not freeze. Like that is you know, and they get again yet showing her still at the end playing catch with Conda. Like she's not like oh I'm going to just throw my whole thing away. It's like I still I'm still an adult. I can't just like fucking throw everything out tomorrow. But at the same time, being like yeah, but I'm. I'm I'm going to be an absolute dick while I'm playing catch with Khan and just keep throwing it on the ground, <laughs> like just just little subtle stuff. Where it's like I'm putting up with your shit, but am I? Like uh, that's that's 
that's well we mean that's adult self-actualization isn't it it's like i'm putting up your through shit but am i um and that's something that's again explicitly absent and fully clear like they explicitly make Nauta's dad like a terrible man child who writes fucking avidosian um <laughs> like you know and we and we see sort of you know and progressive uh Adomi's mom's sort of arrested development about you know you know not sort of listening to her daughter and what her daughter's needs and wants are uh alternative you know it's so interesting that Kana's parents are non-people almost you know we mm. don't they not even they, they don't they barely exist um and like the the interesting thing is that we see in um in Harami's parents in the alternative universe you know her sister's being like she's just being weird man nah, i don't like it and her parents are like like the first time we ever hear parents being like you know people are like, you know, like individuality these days, it's like the first time we ever hear, like, just supportive parents. And it's in the, again, the context of our, of our trans character, it's just like, just, it just keeps pulling these bits out. And again, five second scenes here or there, putting this stuff together. Um, and yeah, Kana being, again, our first reasonable adult in the entire show, uh, even more so. It's like, I mean, they kind of try to have, you know, the anti Haruko. And, and progressive, and it doesn't quite hang together. It's like, no, just here's just a regular person. They like, they literally had superpowers. And that's they why she's the most now. accurate anti-Haruko, yeah. because she is yeah. a regular person, but also yeah. one who managed to cross that threshold yeah. into accepting adulthood. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, and, and that it, you know, wasn't necessarily an easy thing to cross, and that there were people who obviously, part of adulthood is people screwing you over in one way or the other. Uh, and they just, they just show all that stuff on screen, make it very explicit. Um, you know, like I said, it, the imagery of her in the lab was like the first time I saw that. And just just with the you know context fresh in my mind for rereading stuff and maybe watching stuff. And it's like, Ooh, that's spicy imagery. That's very spicy. Yes, that is very bleak. <laughs> um but they put it all together. They make it all, they, they, you know, they don't just, that's bleak. And she, but now she's just a sad adult. Just like everybody else. It's like, no, you don't have to be, you don't have to be stuck in arrested development. Like all of the other adults we end up seeing in full A-Cola. You can actually kind of be in a state that you're unhappy with. And you were stuck kind of on nostalgic. You're always thinking about your old friends that you don't talk to and shit. Or you can be like, all right, Hey, there's actually things to do here now and I'm going to do it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to be happy to get it done. And I'm going to save this person. Like it was just that all that, I guess getting back to the core point, they didn't fuck up her character at all. They actually added everything you would hope to see in a 10 years later for a character like this in a way that's vastly more relatable. Like, it's like there's some, I mean, in a sense, it's like she's a gifted kid metaphor. Oh, man, you're a fucking cleverest little fucking youngin, and then you're a burnout. And to say, like, there's a life after that, I'm sure for a lot of people, self-included, <laughs> um, that's oh, yeah. you love to see it. You love to see because you never see that in anime. Uh, you never see, you know, like it'd be it'd be like doing a sequel to like the most recent Gundam, and you just have like an episode where it's just like, you know, uh, Suleta, and she's like, "Yep, yeah, I used to be like the crazy world's most badass Gundam pilot, but now I'm just like just to her running the school." Yeah, like that's Recovery like uh, of an MMO junkie is the only other show on the top of my mind that <laughs> has had a positive. Um, demonstration of life after adolescence. Well, without it being sort of like full-on midlife crisis recapture. Exactly. Like, exactly. like they're like it's like 
I love Legend of Black Heaven, but it is the most midlife crisis show to ever midlife crisis and midlife crisis. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I adore it, but it is like as a wash musician myself, it's like even when I was 20, I didn't, I didn't have to think that hard and think like, yeah, it's going to be me at 40. <laughs> I get it. Um, so sketch. That, that This is not that for with Khan. <laughs> Where does this fall for you in, in the world of the fooly cooly? Uh, so everything in, in preparation for this discussion, Ooh. I rewatched alternative and you know what? That ending gels with me a lot better than it did back then. Mm. So I think this easily falls just behind alternative for me. But it's a great extension of it. My when we were coming into this show, I was like, all right, cool. Hannah's here. She's Mm -hmm. an adult now. What are they going to do with this? I'm I want to see what adult Kana is like, and they delivered. They totally delivered on that, and as Carl mentioned, they didn't mess it up along the way, which is an accomplishment. <laughs> so, uh, well, especially because so. like, with a few kind of IPs we've seen with sequels lately, it feels like the easy thing to do is just have, you know, we've re- returned this beloved character, and they're, you know, they just nothing about him is what you wanted to see later it's just like it's you know like it's always something it's always a downer and this Mm -hmm. didn't have that without being pedantic or talking down to the audience it just showed like well no when you get into this situation this is what you do which is something that i think again has always been key to like fully coolly in terms of how it tries to discuss growth as a person is it's like oh you're in this situation and nothing interesting ever happens here well here's how you you don't deal with it in this these negative ways you find where you're supposed to be at that phase in life and they figured out how to do that narrative for somebody where that phase in life isn't some level of adolescence it's actually fucking adulthood (laughs) it is however a shame that we didn't see if Mosan became a model I mean, they did show that she has sick color in her hair. So, you know, that could be something. It could it could, it could mean that she's a hairstylist, which I could totally see for her. That seems like like the kind of job that it she would, would be, definitely. It would be really funny if we if we had had the breathing room to have her cut up, catch up coffee class style. And all of them are in some phase of burnout and are handling it in different ways for the purposes mm-hmm. of compare and contrast. You can use that in a way that further enriches that narrative where it's like, oh, I, nobody, because that's very realistic. Very few people, you have a big crew of friends in high school or, or college or whatever, and the odds of you actually lining up exactly on where you thought you were going to be pretty fucking slim because adulthood is very different. Things happen. Nah. You know, stocks crash, etc. Uh, I would do my 20-year mm-hmm. reunion this past summer and Oof. boy, <laughs> oh, that was brave. I, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I'm glad feel, I went though. <laughs> uh, my 20 year reunion would have happened during COVID lockdown. So I'm glad. <laughs> well, <laughs> you mean they didn't delay it? I think a lot of those. Got oh, no, delayed, no, no, but no. I, I digress. I'm just really uh, glad we managed to go an hour without saying coming of age. I'm really yeah. fucking tired of hearing people say, oh, fooly cooly, coming of age. Stop it. Stop. You're being trite. It's been said. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, this well, is one. This one isn't actually so much about coming of age. 
I, it's not this straight up. It's it's less the hero's journey, especially in that. So again, this is Definitely neither not even, not neither, not, not, yeah, neither neither this or grunge are about these solitary journeys. Yeah. Both of them reject what the prior three did in terms of them centering around some sort of you know magical some 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 average person who gets ex- thrown into extraordinary circumstances. Um, you know, it's, it's explicit rejection of the Campbellian monomyth type shit because it's about team efforts that result in team success and maybe some other people didn't get what they want out of it like old corrupt mayors and shitty gendo wannabes didn't get what they want out of it they're not supposed to they're supposed to lose and the people who are supposed to have a future are supposed to get one and the people who are supposed to be in the places where they actually belong and in the places they feel actually comfortable are supposed to have that because these other people are just clinging to something that they need to fucking let go of. Um, that's the one thing we haven't had a chance to maybe show in a fully coolie is somebody, one of these types of people kind of being like, man, I've been kind of a dick. But I mean, that's, I think, I mean, this way, if there's a version of that story to tell, it's probably at some point, if Kazuya Suramaki ever gets this back in his palms for some reason as the IP, and he wants to tell a story of how Haruko finally grows the fuck up, that might be a, mm-hmm. one other thing you can do in a fully coolie. That might be the one thing left that we could do that would be really fresh ground. But what they've managed to do between these two, between all four of the sequels, is kind of fill in enough other sides of uh, other perspectives that were okay. The last thing is, is like, well, what happens when the eternal 19 year old realizes, like, you know, you can't be, you know, it's, it's, I mean, Kanye West is a problematic figure, but, you know, where forever 21, but just turn 30. Yeah, it's kind of uh, that's that's no way to live, and she's it's also essentially... super cringe. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> For somebody who talks about how cringe everybody is, girl, <laughs> little uh, self-realization could go a long way. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of cringe people around you, Haruko, but on the other hand, no one else is like making out with like fucking literal children. So. <laughs> just so that you can try and eat a space god that don't clearly doesn't want to deal with you but isn't just like oh i'm a space god i don't deal with anybody clearly willing to play ball but <laughs> we, not i mean we love her for being this oh, yeah. ridiculous character however oh, this series oh, yeah. benefited enormously from exploring yeah. what it could be without her and that it could still well, be essentially a fully cooly story yeah well, and it's in 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 her absence, you realize it's like, oh, it's another way of saying, yeah, she's the problem. <laughs> she's, not, mm. she's not. She is a malevolent force in this world. <laughs> yeah, her, her and own. then the boomers like Conda. Sorry. Yeah, like like yeah, that she's was a not little that, disrespectful. No, it's true, and she's not no, necessarily that different. It's not. <laughs> it's true, and more people should be saying it. <laughs> she like, thinks she's different, but she's not. It's just as selfish. Like that's the whole. That's always been underlying back to the original series. She's playing now to to get what she wants. Mm. And apparently, sometimes she forgets that she doesn't actually have to, you know, make mouth contact to make things happen. She just has Mm. to hit people in the head. (laughs) To be fair, she she really realizes that because of grunge, because she gets her she gets her you know. Uh, you know, she can, it's great. She can move mute, uh, move to uh, physically abusing children to again, so she can eat a space god. <laughs> it's so it's so well, ridiculous. That makes the whole take of Conda being like that killing 
mm-hmm. killing this girl in front mm-hmm. of this person in front yeah. of Masaki would activate yeah. his NO. It actually yeah. makes less sense if the initial premise is that some kind of sexual awakening yeah. is what activates it, which we, we know it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Then, you know, his assumption that death would be, that'll do it, it it's really odd. I don't know it's, how he came to that conclusion. It's, it, it's it would the have been better if he'd like tried to inundate the poor teenager with a bunch of naked people, you know, that might yeah, have been, well, that it, might have it, been it the equivalent. Should have been to, singing Kiss the Girl. Or something <laughs> no. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try <laughs> well, I mean, together. look, look, we see in the first episode of, of Prague how, how, how to do this, which is you just go to a, a high school class, classroom and you run pornography at uh, teenagers, which is what Haruko such did in Prague. Oh that is God. so fucked. <laughs> Thank such you for a... reminding me. I didn't need to remember that. Not you, Ida. Yeah. I don't need anything from you. Yeah, dude, don't worry. I know. I know, dog. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, but the thing is, is like it is that parallel of like, hey, here's her running experiments on kids. Here's Kanda running experiments on kids. It's like it's they did a lot of ways of saying Haruko doesn't have to be here for the kind of things that she embodies to be here. Like, you know, it's just like she's the candy coating. Like she's like, hey, you know what? Maybe this stuff isn't so bad because at least it's coming from the, you know, like this this fun Looney Tunes type character. And you're like, no, it's not. That's no better from her than it is from like the ugly boomer. It's the same M.O. Uh, to get N.O. Uh, levels. You're uh, right. Yeah, it's it, it, like her absence was like, I'm glad because there definitely would have had room to breathe. And honestly, like the, then really the only reason for her to be there is to be like, she's running the show with Conda. Like that would be the point was be like, she'd be running the show with Conda to try and to, to try and put things together. Right. That would be the idea. Um, that's not as interesting to me. Like it's more interesting for sure to just sort of have her out of the picture and then trust, trust the audience to get why she's not there, why you don't need her there. I don't know. It was a good series, though. It, yep. um, I'm I am gonna be a fan of we we can tell a story in a set amount of time. You know, it doesn't have to be twenty four. I mean, traditionally, I love long. I love long standing animes. I love a story that keeps going and going because then it gives me more content. But I think if your goal is, I have parameters I need to reach, I want to tell these basic elements of a story, I can do this in three episodes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you can do it, flex those creative muscles. Yeah. You know, write that script, do it. And honestly, this is one of those things we talked about with with, um, Alien in the last episode we did sketch, where writing is really critical in this. It's not just, it's not just about you know, planning in advance and having like character development, good voice acting and animation, but you have to have superb writing to be able to bring it all together. Now, yes, this could have benefited from another five to 10 minutes extended episode. And, you know, I even think the grunge could have benefited uh, from another episode, but I'm more, I'm more of a preference of an extended third episode. Yeah. I I would not mind a 30 minute because, because that would also, again, that would evoke the original OVA that like even the original OVA couldn't really do it in mm-hmm. six twenty fives. It needed a, it needed a 35 for it to really all hang together, which means it was really almost more like it needed seven. Um, 
and especially because of the triptych, you know, grunge peak Valley structure of grunge. Yeah. If you're going to do that, you really need it in a position. You really need to be in a position to then maybe if nothing else, Hey, every grunge song also has usually like a solo piece in there somewhere in the middle there, even if it's just playing the same basic melody as the, uh, as the verse of the chorus, it needed that kind of five to 10 minutes to maybe let it hang together a little stronger. Um, or at least just to abridge the flow. It might have also, those might have been, I, I don't know with, with things like that. I don't know if it's like just add another five to 10 minutes, literally in between these two scenes, or whether it's like 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, you know, right? I think about like the way this series and it's, mm-hmm. and it's remakes has focused on, yeah. um, the music. And it, it makes me think of how Watanabe really does that a lot in his yeah. series. And I kind of love that, that theme. I mean, I'm yeah. obviously I, I love music, but I, with anime, I like to see more visual cues and creativity, Yeah, but it is really fun that yeah. they explore the musical side of Fooly yeah. Cooly through having, you know, we're going to, we're going to cue in like, grunge alternative progressive shoegaze we're going to try these yeah. different styles and and make them into and, and mold them into something that fits yeah. the fully cooly theme you know yeah. I, i'm actually really curious sketch where um do we have any good talkbacks do we have any good uh, uh we have uh a variety of talkbacks of varying lengths i'm gonna try to get through these relatively quickly go for so, it so I should shut up because we're already at like a minute and four, or hour and a minute and 47 seconds. Just excuse me. An hour and 47 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> exactly. Uh, at Toonami Live wrote in solid themes, acting, music and visuals. The Gurren Lagann slash Samurai Jack reminiscent ending somewhat sours the experience with what I assume to be a confounding allegorical statement. Overall, an enjoyable, emotionally resonant series about loneliness. Okay. I don't know if I would make the Gurren Lagann and Samurai Jack comparison. Samurai I mean, Jack. I mean, explicitly not because he does actually get them back. Whereas, like, yeah, like if anything, it's a response to those. Again, it's like, oh, sure. well, I, I gotta they have vanish, a sad, but. I, I, I gotta have a sad ending. Well, you know, you get you. It, the person <laughs> tweeted because that's what resonated with them, and essentially, yeah. Yeah. this series does sort of reflect what we all. Yeah, I do think about. this series resonates loneliness very well yeah. for for Kana because she can't see pets and she doesn't even get to spend time with her other friends, and of course for Harumi, who. You know, feels like she's completely isolated. I mean, in this universe, literally is isolated, literally in the wrong. And Masaki, who feels like nobody can possibly understand them and they've completely closed themselves off. Yeah. So loneliness is a huge theme here. And I think that's a very good observation that die no problem writes in they got me with the short-haired girl twist i had to watch it twice to realize harami missed the others so much that she altered her appearance and even voice to remind them her weirdness though that's 100 her <laughs> way to make me use my analytical noodle M- flcl oh i love it love it yeah they modeled their female persona after their lost sister, her, which I thought her lost was amazing. Sister. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. 
I, I mean, that's interesting to me too, because it's like, it's some, um, it calls back to like other, like, uh, queer narratives I've seen in like manga and anime, like the, um, character Hato from, uh, Genshiken Nidame, uh, mm. their whole, their whole aesthetic is a reflection of one of their high school friends, uh, initially. And as they kind of become more of their own person, they break with that a bit more. But it's like they like nobody even realizes that until that person happens to turn up at the college and they're like, wait, what the fuck? And then you get the backstory. And to see that just sort of like, hey, actually, we can basically do that whole thing. Three set three minute scene. We don't need chapters for this. Like, again, the, you're right. Writing is so critical. Storyboarding is a huge piece of this. It's like it's not just the words that they used. It's that every there's no there's there's they've cut to they've not just cut the fat they've started to cut the muscle it is a very lean tight show <laughs> yeah and some might say that it suffers for that but others might feel no actually it juggled what it was trying to do pretty well despite that i think it's most like both of both this and grunge feel like 95 percent like <laughs> you know like they in terms of like I think they got most of what they needed to get out. If they'd had a hundred, it would be easier for people to get, but I don't think they were at the point where it's like, it's unparsable to a majority. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> we're also conditioned to expect. Yeah. To stretch yeah. out that way. <laughs> yeah. And three, three, hour, one. Three, three hour Marvels <laughs> have ruined us. <laughs> At Blue Blade 131 writes in, it wasn't bad, better than grunge at least. I kind of wish it was longer and that Kana had a little more time. Felt like her arc kind of didn't go anywhere. I disagree. I disagree. But Jesse, you can uh, have your opinion. Do you, do you, do you, would you disagree that Kana's arc went, uh, or agree that Kana's arc went? <laughs> I, I, I actually out. did. I actually did disagree, but my mic was muted. So, <laughs> disagree. <laughs> All those opinions Sorry. we missed. Shame. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Stephen Barnhart wrote in, it was the best series finale ever. I'm sad that the FLCL universe is not moving forward. I'd like to see what more is in store with this series, but I'm glad that it got a five season run. Nice. Yeah. Nice take. Yeah. I, I like the positivity there. That's not something I've been seeing a lot on Twitter. I like it. It's, it's very interesting to see the extent to which the, this show's own fandom reflects perhaps best Haruko and Kanda. They just want to chase this thing that doesn't <laughs> exist anymore and oh, may God, not yeah. have it. <laughs> interesting. And sorry for sorry for body bodying you audience. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, no, no. To to an extent, burn. are you also bodying the production people? No, I'm actually bodying myself because, like, uh, you have to be like some degree of like not right to be like talking like me about this, like about a cartoon. See, that's <laughs> I, 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 I am so like close. That, I, I, I will say I'm not Conda, but I am probably not as the dad. only show I've ever <laughs> felt loyally uh, uh, devoted to in terms of nostalgia is Samurai Jack. I have always, and you can ask the other people we recorded in, in, in the Chami Faithful, I'm always willing to embrace new things as long yeah. as they're not um, Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> I'm always willing to embrace new things, but like Samurai Jack was But we only... will, however, be skeptical yes. of live-action gargoyles if Greg Wiseman and his people are not involved. Okay. <laughs> Okay, live action in general is a whole different they, they conversation. Won't. They we won't. don't have time on this podcast to dig there, but leave Gargoyles yeah. the fuck alone. 
That just sums it up. <laughs> Total monkey spa. <laughs> Ad Blue Blazer RX writes in, it was great. My favorite FLCO. And I wish wow. it, it had more episodes this season. Aww. That's very sweet. I don't know what you could do, though. Like, it is like it is just so. Like yeah. Said, it's it's so it's so it's these these triptych style things. Where you just have these three perspectives, albeit this one, like I said, shoegaze blends them. So maybe that's the the distortion much more distinctly than grunge does. Uh, mm-hmm. But damn, I, I like what would you like? You could add more, but is it just sort of like here's here's these guys being more sad. Here's how they built a bomb. Like, do we need to? How much do you need to uh, what what gets what do you add to the stew here? I just am enjoying yeah. all the people really embracing this more yeah. than I thought that would happen. I mean, honestly, they probably could have done it in two episodes as long as everything that happened in the last episode happened. <laughs> yeah, but then you wouldn't have had as much time for Kana, which yeah, would not be as good. Well, no, and Kana's narrative, like I said, very critical because it's so so new to fully Kuli to say like, no, actually, you can be a functional adult even if you're in a dysfunctional situation. Yes, Kana. A dissenting opinion mm-hmm. at Gundam Prime Zero writes in: It was painfully average. It doesn't feel like FLCL at all. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Opinion. I'm sure. That's, that's what is okay. FLCL supposed to feel like? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the original per se. Per se. Mm-hmm. There wasn't it, a. Know. This wasn't a young boy's coming of age. I'm like, you have like a million shows for that dog. <laughs> they make those every season. See, this is why the coming of age thing makes me want to cringe inside. I just exactly can't hear it's it anymore. I cringe, can't. cringe. Everything's cringe. Cringe. <laughs> JJ writes in, I loved it. I just wish that there was more of them. Okay. More of all of them. Oh. I, I think that implies that they wish there was more more grunge. Possibly more of, more of, of the other ones, too. All of them are characters where you're like, boy, I want to see how they end up as adults. Like, I'll give yeah, it. Like, yeah. I'll say, like, it's like, it's like, that's interesting because, of course, that's, we you know, that's where I'm at at this point in life. It's like, we yeah. also want to see <laughs> what Naoto's like as an adult. At least I, just, I do. Kind of, yeah. It's just him being like a like. It would be really funny. He's just like the the ultimate like gifted kid burnout, especially because it's like you know his brother's like a pro ball player in the states. Yeah. <laughs> what it is is like. Does anybody know if I- I- Ichiro Suzuki had a brother and what his, what their life was like? That's what I think now is going to be like. <laughs> huh. That's an angle. That's, That's an angle. An angle. At Wolf Guardian seventy five writes in a different ending, but all in all, it was good. Too bad it's come to an end. Okay. Yeah. R B L X Cole writes in this is the best episode ever. To be honest, I can't believe it's over since it was just three episodes. But I'm looking forward for new F L C L. Well, about that. <laughs> I mean, never say never. Yeah, uh, boy, Michael O'Lean sure said that a lot. Yeah. Ten years from now, someone's <laughs> going to be like, "Let's do another one." It's at some point, time passes. Whatever bad blood is there disappears. Like I could easily see eventually, like an IG Kara 
And we're all going to be back Persian. here in 10 years, and we're going to be like, let's talk about it. Somebody actually <laughs> uh, posed the question to me, why didn't they have Kara work on this? I'm like, well. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would like to see Kara get the rights to the original back and remaster it properly. That'd be nice. Oh, please. <laughs> that would be. But then what would, ha- what would happen to the spinoffs? I guess, would IG still own them? Would they just go into limbo? Maybe we don't have to think about that. Let's Good not question. think about that, and let's just hope that there's physical discs in our region um, <laughs> sooner than later. Because you know, before That's the only what, way I'm going to be able to watch the Japanese versions and not have any weird ad breaks. So. You guys make yeah. me want to see the subbed stuff, though. I didn't even consider that the it's, nuance it, would be different. It is it, an interesting. Contrast. It's, it's a different contrast. It also makes your second rewatch easier to kind of like pay attention to in our modern world of like a, like uh, hey, fifty fucking screens uh, or one screen split oh, up I into six know. things. I don't have a problem with subbed in yeah. general. I mean, like this specific series. Oh yeah, it's no, subbed. no. I I watch a lot of um, yeah other other foreign language series, not just Japanese stuff. But I, I feel I, I prefer with Fooly Cooly since a visual element is generally very important. That tricky. I I prefer to watch it dubbed. But I do also like to revisit it in Japanese to yeah. s- just to see you, you the absolutely nuances. Absolutely, lose things yeah. between in the translation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's they, unavoidable. They they, so, they have to because so much yeah. of the stuff is just like, hey, here's this deep cut reference, and because the original show set that, everything else ultimately sets in motion. Here's a freeze frame. It's like I I didn't like realize until like my third rewatch of Prague that like, oh, the art exhibit they're showing is an actual real art exhibit. And the show makes more sense in the context of that art exhibit. And you're just like, Jesus, you gotta come to a break. Watch it the second time around as a sub. So you you get the visual and you can still kind of multitask but know what's coming. Um, I would say so that you don't multitask, so that you're you're you have, you're reading the screen, so that means you're paying full attention, yeah. which means anything that's trying to like sneak by you has less of a chance to sneak by you, and you can be like, wait a second, I see something there. I mean, get you know, I know people. <laughs> yeah, even then, I had to rewind a couple of times to make sure I read a. Well, I've done that with correctly. like Gintama. Like Gintama has subtleties. Oh, that's so and... <laughs> that's yeah. so dense sometimes. But I laugh my ass off when I watch that show. So yeah, it's funny. Yes, any it's other funny. any. Any other spicy takes from yeah, the uh, talkbacks? Yeah, well, first, first a more loving one. At Jazzy underscore GA97 writes in, I love it. I want more. Sad face. Yeah. <laughs> At Tsunami Homebase writes in, I enjoyed FLCL Shoegaze a lot more than FLCL Grunge. It is very weird and an interesting way for the FLCL franchise to conclude, but I'm glad that it is finally over, according to Clark Nova. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, must be one of those this never should have existed types <laughs> can we just stop making these <laughs> I mean glad can also just means like at least it's I mean if they really enjoyed where it was was landing I can see where it's all like oh hey, we landed up we landed on a note stop for <laughs> pull up before this is enough and to like I can, I, I, tsunami needed original material and this was this was the um easy go-to if you will I mean, I'm never going to say no to the various sundry people involved with the fully coolie getting a chance to, to to flex with it. Like, it's like, oh, man, yeah. Jason DeMarco and Maki and the pillows and all them. We're all treasure. You, yeah, like all these great people get to do get get to make a thing. It's all like it's at least 
it all feels in a weird way as cynical as it is vastly less cynical than like Marvel or Star Wars or any of the Disney stuff where it's just like it's content machine. Like this is clearly at even at it's even with the most cynical angle on it made with so much more care and passion. Yeah. And, 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 and sincerity. I agree. Again, because it's made with all that care and passion and sincerity, I love to see more original work from these people that yeah. doesn't have I mean, to be bound have, by the rules of an IP, but we have all these directors people. and production staffs uh, that Adult Swim and, and IG and, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and these folks can tap again for original yeah. work in the future. So I really hope they can. I hope that's yeah. I, I, my other concern. The more I thought about like, oh, this is the last fully coolie. I'm like, I wonder how much anime we're going to get after what we've had announced. Like, I don't know how this is going to work going forward because Warner as a company changed so damn much. Oh, we didn't, let's not get into that. But I, but I don't yeah. want to get into that, but I'm just like, however, it, yeah. whatever, whatever may come, this has been a very nice place to be. Mm. You know, I'm happy we got at least got this far. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how things go with Uzumaki, I guess. But, well, we got Whenever. Uzumaki and we've got Lazarus, right? <laughs> Whenever that happens. And Ninja Kamui. I'm hyped for, yeah. I'm hyped for the Lazarus. They, they are saying that Lazarus could potentially get more than one season, which... Let's hope. Well, the, Let's the hope it's ana- good and that it gets more than one season. The metaphor is tantalizing. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, at Galactic N Crazy writes in, it definitely was a great send off for the FL- for FLCO alternative and the Adult Swim era of FLCO. If Production IG decides to do more FLCO with another studio in the future, then I hope Adult Swim can make a deal so that they can broadcast the English dub on Toonami. That's a good take. Yeah, that's that's another you know. There's just because just because William Street can't do it, or, can't, or won't back it, or can't back it, or whatever. Who knows what IG can do? Mm. Yes, exactly. And I I agree. I think this, particularly as a direct sequel to Alternative, is a good note to mm. go off to end this saga. I think arguably better than alternative itself left things because yeah i like that ending a lot better now but there's a reason that a lot of people don't <laughs> sketch did, did did josh do any talk back you know he didn't yet Aww. i was looking for that i was i was waiting for that spicy take Me man too. but i need the but, angry black man take <laughs> he uh yeah his his dvr cut out and he needed to oh, no come oh. back to it and so we we won't get khaki blue socks this is josh cage and samurai's take other than i gotta see how this foolishness ends <laughs> and dear lord i hope that this is the end well <laughs> that, that's a, that is probably his take then. <laughs> yeah. He, he says I, I am curious. about things. It's really fun. <laughs> I, I am curious if he warmed up to this one by the end, but it, I, it does I, do so much at the end. Yeah, kind of it really flips does. Flips everything else on its ear that you got to kind of like step back and be like, well, do you reassess it? Or here's the thing though: is we all picked up on it and we just teased it apart. I do mm-hmm. wonder like how many people, like we, you know, we can hear in the talkbacks. Like, sp- clearly, we didn't scan for everybody what was going on. <laughs> well, people responded pretty positively. Like, they were responded positively for sure. They'll say 
they'll either say something generic or they'll say that they didn't like it. Like we will see that. Mm. So this yeah, seems there to be... were some additional talkbacks that, you know, had nothing nice to say. And I really didn't think that they were constructive. So <laughs> I oh. didn't bother, no, you know, if there was, if there was a criticism, I felt like I wanted to find one that wasn't just one sentence. <laughs> so like it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Show yeah. bad. Show, yeah. Childhood yeah. ruined. <laughs> you watched Fully Cooley as a child? I'd say, you know, I got questions. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, okay, then I will, I will put it back that there are I mean, people come on. didn't like There it. are people who did watch Fully Cooley as a child. They, oh, I know. They, they stayed up and watched it on Adult Swim. For sure. And then they were subjected to blue gender, those poor children. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, I do want to add one little bonus note about how this aired in Canada. Is that the so, one where they had the scene with all the, like, the fellatio and crazy shit? Or am I just imagining? I think so. I mean, blue aliens, lots of things that look like female anatomy. I may be confusing this because I watched Anna Mondays on Sci-Fi and they had some crazy shit on that. Oh, they put some uh, really weird stuff on there. They did. <laughs> uh, but you, so, how, how this aired? Actually, you, you mentioning blue gender does remind me. So, guess what they finally did after weeks of running fully cooly in Canada without any anime around it. This last episode airs, and right after it, they run two episodes of Housing Complex C, and I'm like. Well, Jesus, that's what they should have been doing the last five Wait, weeks before two this. two episodes? Back to back. I love Maybe Halloween they wanted to do like a Halloween thing. I just, I was just, it just made no sense to me to be like, okay, so you clearly still have this stuff here. You could have at least that's really kind weird. of couched this stuff because like the last five weeks, it's leading into it, obviously, with comedies, which is fine, whatever. And then it immediately goes back to like some random comedy. And then this one week... They're finally like, hey, you know what we should do? We should run this other show that we have. <laughs> Why two episodes? That's, that's and, they are just go, and they are going back and running all four on October 28th. Oh, really? Uh, so they're, I guess they, they just wanted to hold it back. It's the only other show they've got. So no, <laughs> maybe call. they're like, oh. And it should be watched all four in a row. It really should. Yeah, yes. I don't know why Toonami in the U.S. is not making use of that show at all this that Halloween season. Yeah. I was like, it is cool, spooky. sure, My Hero Marathon to, you know, finish off the rerun, fine, but why not Housing Complex? It's thematically appropriate. Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I maybe, mean, maybe they're saving it. strapped as... for stuff as they were this entire month. I yeah. don't know why they didn't just rerun it week to week, even. Yeah. Okay, but let's not go crazy. I, I digress. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really, was... two episodes because I thought what they were gonna do is they were gonna start it on the same week of Shugay's ending, and then the next week, the other th- over the next three weeks, the three episodes of Grunge would air next to one episode of Housing Complex, and by the time you get to the end of Grunge, that would end Housing Complex. Nope. Yeah, but, but that would make sense. Yeah, yeah that would make so, sense. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, it's a, it's Adult Swim Canada. Better things aren't possible. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, no, it's, it just, it just it, with the second they did that, I'm like, geez, they could have, like, that would have been, even though, yes, yeah, strictly speaking, they would have been already sort of in a reloop. 
just mm-hmm. if that had been an hour of c- complete programming, because also the other thing that surprised me was like, okay, you're going from this very uplifting, positive, you know, self-actualized ending of fully coolie shoegaze right into like housing complex C, a uh, show that is spooky and you wouldn't know it by looking at it, but it's even designed by like uh, Abe and Abe, who like knows how to do make, make you feel spooky uh, when he wants to. And it, it worked fine. It was fine. It was just like, yeah, that's what like it was just so obvious. It's like, oh, yeah, you should just be running. If you have two anime, run them back to back as uh, as part of like making this stuff feel like a cohesive product. So, mm-hmm. you know, also they I have they also have a complaint. It's meta. <laughs> they, they also run like Harley Quinn and Young Justice in yeah. different time slots on yeah. the station. So, they could so they easily could bring all of that together. Yeah. <laughs> But they they had, if they had let in with a DC, I think would be really great because you could actually, show they, comedy. They, do. they actually do lead in with a DC, DC movie movie every week for some re- and they always end early. And for some reason, they use an episode of Robot Chicken as filler. Yeah, and it's just the wrong, they, wrong thing, yeah. wrong thing. <laughs> They'd be better off with an infomercial if they ran too many cooks before actually they every did. airing. Yeah, <laughs> for one of the airings, they did run uh, for. For for one of the grunge or shoegaze, they, 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 they got they got twelve minutes to spare. Place. They should play Ball Masters. <laughs> they actually, yeah, that would actually be perfect. Ball Masters back. That'd be way that better. would actually be perfect. That is or that has been a tsunami. Perfect show, hair so. forever. Were, were oh my god! More, sketch. Were there any more talkbacks? <laughs> there are. Oh boy. At Teen Gohan fight writes in show itself was okay but i don't like the fact that they never brought back any of the og characters other than haruko in any of the flcl sequel series excuse me i guess you didn't watch grunge because they did bring back amuro they've also brought back adamesque well, and in multiple forms and giant fat bird form Haunty, penis form <laughs> yeah yeah, they've had many Conti alikes. I'm actually kind of mm-hmm. glad they let Conti sort of be sacred, and they are like so reuse the design. But obviously, he's you know they're you know it's like we saw the good stormtrooper, and everyone else is a clown like kind of stuff. Like that's oh, great. Mm-hmm. They're smart. They know where to hold the line. Yeah. At Mac Big Mac Sama writes in. I thought it was good, though. I was miffed that. Haruhara Haruko wasn't in this season like she always does, but it was good on its own. Other than that, the rest was good. Okay. I'm didn't okay need to be here. It. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah, I don't think she needed to be here. No, she wouldn't brought anything to this particular story. And this person feels very strongly about the lack of Haruko. Uh, at Brad Not Forty Six writes in, I don't see how this show could truly be FLCL without <laughs> Haruko. Interesting. Yeah, I knew somebody. Somebody was. Somebody had to feel, to feel that. Way, yeah. It's, I, it's, you know, I understand that, but there's so many other elements to Fooly Cooly that you don't need Haruko to make it explicitly in the Fooly Cooly multiverse. As yeah. Yeah, were. Forty-six. I hope you're listening because maybe this, this, these three recordings will give you mm. a rethink of that. Hopefully it makes sense now <laughs> why they did this. <laughs> one, one last one for the road. At Antasama1 writes in, FLCL lore is so confusing. Bear. The lore doesn't matter nearly so it much. It doesn't as the, matter. Is, is, it's all window dressing for whatever the 
yeah, the no, only it is. people that think the lore of FLCL, the original, mattered are the people that wrote progressive zing. <laughs> and even they kind of pretty loose with it. Like they, it's there, but it's still not, it's still window dressing on uh, Hidomi. Like it's just, it, it's just there for like Hidomi's like self actualization. That's like, it's, they, they're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like the lore has always been convoluted subject to whatever is convenient um, for, you know, how do we tell, navigate our protagonist or protagonist through what they're supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And like now more than ever, like I think uh gaze is definitely the biggest rejection of that. It's like, there's imaginary space. There's all this shit. None of it matters. All that matters is like, you know, Asaki realizing that uh, he loves Hidomi no matter what, or not uh, Hidomi, uh, Harumi no matter what. That's it. That's it. That's 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 the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Hey, your 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 boring small town life sucks. Find somebody who you care about and literally cross dimensions, and things will be okay. Aww. <laughs> I like yeah. that. It's very it's it's in some ways the like the most upbeat and sincere ending of anything in this universe has gotten. Uh, On that note, then. Sketch. Yeah. That's a really nice way to end. Podcast, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> I, I am agree. not. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I Apologies for talking agree. over everybody. No, <laughs> no it's that's fine. It's fine. So, if you actually had any additional thoughts on any of these foolie coolies or anything related to tsunami, you can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com or use the hashtag tsunami talkback on Twitter. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash tsunami faithful podcast and on Twitter at tsunami podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Deezer, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, PodBay, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Radio.com. Spotify, or in the TuneIn app. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast and get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. Carl, we'll start with you. Where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me at my website, carlarlson.com. Uh, also, you can find my music at ultraclastron.com. Right now, that redirects to Bandcamp. Who knows if that'll exist by the time this episode actually airs. So, oh. there you go. Uh, and also, the carlarlson.com is my handle on Blue Sky, which is probably the social media I use most these days. But it's also Carl Arlson, my handle on Insta and Facebook and uh, even the, the X site. But I'm never there anymore, so don't bother. Uh, otherwise, that's where I'm at. And it's been fun chatting. <laughs> Thanks. Shall I hand it off? Hand it off to your Jesse, Canadian brethren. Jesse, where can they find you? And also, ironically, sometimes me. <laughs> so my podcast is Zonan Canada. It It's a podcast that explores the connections between anime and Canadian media. You can find that at zonan.ca uh, and on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, on uh, Google and Spotify, Pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. I have an upcoming episode on the French-Canadian dub of Heidi. I know I uh, maybe didn't have that much to say uh, in the episode uh, we did today, but I uh, I have a lot to say about that. 
And uh, that episode might be out before this one is. Um, I, I think probably next week is when I'll be done editing it. So just keep an eye out for it. Uh, you can find me on Blue Sky. Uh, that is also the social media where I'm most active. I'm not too active on anything right now, but uh, I'm I'm there at Jay Betteridge. Uh, and I am still on, on Twitter as well. I am keeping a foot in there for now, but I'm not going to be... Um, posting too much but if that's if that's what you use you can find me there as well jay betteridge all right kuro tell them where they can find you uh i'm not as prolific on the social media unfortunately so pretty much on the site formerly known as <laughs> is it unfortunate though <laughs> i guess i mean i have an instagram i just don't do anything with it I, I, eventually guys i'll get my shit together and i'll i'll do something with it but right now it's not gonna happen you can find me on the site, formerly known as Twitter, at Happy Kuro Kitty. And, um, you know, contact Toonami, faithful.com. That works, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter, at Sketch1984. I'm also on Blue Sky, at Sketch1984. And I'm sorry, we're not quite done, because I wanted to reiterate... The upcoming schedules, even though this episode might not be out before this first marathon airs, uh, that being um, October 21st, they will be playing all three episodes of Fooly Cooly Grunge back to back to back, followed by two new episodes of Naruto Shippuden. It's canon. It's not filler anymore. And then the usual My Hero Academia rerun on October 28th. They will be playing all three episodes of Fooly Cooly Shoegaze back to back to back, followed by three reruns of My Hero Academia, which will finish off the rerun of season six, which means the block has a lot of changes probably coming in November, and we have no idea what they will be. So here's hoping it's good. They are doing a same day dub for Dr. Stone right now. So, that gives me a little bit of hope that that could be on Toonami in November. And Scavengers is supposed to air on Adult Swim at some point. And DeMarco has said if it airs on Adult Swim, it will air on Toonami. It looks cool. It does. It looks very cool. Yeah, that I'm will looking, I'm looking be out to that before for sure. this podcast. <laughs> at least the first episode will be out before this podcast on Max. Which uh, it looks fantastic. Scavengers. Definitely Yay. worth your look. Yeah. And other Toonami news of exciting proportions at Discotech Day the other day, which is something that we kind of pushed off this podcast to experience <laughs> <laughs> for good reason, I guess, because towards the end of their presentation, they announced IGPX is coming to Blu-ray with a new remaster. Of course, our friend of the show and previous host jose argumento is involved but he's hush hush on the details he would not tell me anything yet but i'm sure eventually he'll say something and i'm we'll, we'll excited to buy it from him. a third time a yeah. lot of people <laughs> asked for this this was something that's come up several times so it's it's uh it's a good thing I had all but given up hope on ever getting a better release of IGPX, but I those mean, considering, considering those, how much work they put into their their initial release, the idea yeah, that they were going to be able to one up it, a lot of work in that. Yeah, well, and uh, Jose 
making a habit of various and sundry upscaling experiments and so on and so forth, specifically with IGPX footage. Like, it couldn't be in better hands uh, anywhere on Earth. So Truly. look forward to it. Yes, please support this release. It is definitely going to be worth your money. And if you want to try a little bit of that IGPX remaster before you buy, Toonami will be airing the first two HD remastered episodes as the DST Extra Hour on November 4th. Before that, the schedule is not very exciting. It's literally two airings of the Attack on Titan special that aired in September. Yeah. Two airings of the same special. One at midnight, one at 1.30. And then for the bonus hour, you get the first two episodes of IGPX. Now, let's not get it too ahead of ourselves here, folks. It's still in production, according to Jose. So, as nice as it would be to get a full run of IGPX in November, maybe not going to happen. At least not in November, not yet. They may surprise us, but it's a pretty tall order. However, we do have one other schedule update, and that is that Dr. Stone New World Part 2 will start on Toonami on November 11th. No time slot was listed, no schedule was listed, which means there's still a lot of questions left to be answered. But at least we know Senku and the gang are coming back early in November... It's wonderful news. And with that, I return you to the rest of this conversation. And good news, uh, all, at least all currently, all the discotheque stuff that was on Right Stuff has moved over to the Crunchyroll store, and they will even be selling the live-action stuff, despite what that person from Media Blasters was saying about live-action stuff. So, uh, it's good news because it's still available. (laughs) It exists. Has more shit that they control. <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh, uh, I'm really, really not happy about right stuff closing. But hey, Jesse, how are we doing in Canada with this? Oh yeah, with right stuff versus the Crunchyroll store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to to be determined. I uh, I've never ordered anything from the Crunchyroll store. I'm I'm assuming it's going to be more or less the same. I'm assuming that. Sony is not going to open a like distribution center in Canada, despite the fact that they're obviously able to. So the fact they probably prob- run one here, <laughs> they probably already have release. something they can use, and then they will they will not do it. So <laughs> that's my expectation. Mm. Mm. Unfortunate. So yeah, that's some oh, the, uh, interesting. I was going to say the the, Cy- the CyberSex Blu-ray is still not on the Crunchyroll store. That did not uh, carry <gasps> over. That is concerning. Yeah. Mm, they're still figuring it out. I, I, I think it just slipped through the cracks. It'll it'll be there soon. It's possible. I mean, I just, as much as I don't want to buy things directly from Crunchyroll, I don't want to buy things from Amazon. So it's, which questionable company do I want to support today? Yeah. <laughs> and and Best, Best Buy is not carrying uh, DVDs or Blu-rays anymore starting next year. Yeah, that is not surprising considering the state of their home media section currently. But man, I 
I was really hoping we'd get at least a couple more years. Oh, and people are like, I'm going to oh. stop buying physical games at Best Buy. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a real good idea. That'll definitely make them keep selling games physically. I mean, you, you complain about the quality of their home media section. But I, I went to like a Best Buy in Spokane and they had like a bunch of copies of the community Blu-ray set, which is impossible to get in Canada. So, oh, that's pretty you good. Know, my problem <laughs> yeah. with Best Buy has always been that their prices are not competitive enough. Oh, here our Best Buy stopped carrying physical media like a bazillion years ago, except for the game section, which is almost always sold out of anything that isn't a gigantic title or a Call of Duty. So you end up going across the street to the GameStop in the same parking lot anyways. So <laughs> yeah, welcome no, to our world. They, they definitely, <laughs> I've seen them, I've seen them carry stuff that's just... Yeah, no, it's. I could get a better price. Yeah, the game section is usually pretty picked over the Best Buys around here, too. No, like it's, it's, uh, if you order vultures, if you order online, ship to store, you you can get pretty much anything. But at that point, why not just ship it to yourself? Exactly. (laughs) Why give yourself an errand? Uh I do actually like picking up stuff directly at Best Buy, but. you know, I won't I be doing much of that in the future, I guess. I had one last stray thought about uh, shoegaze after all of our Twitter slander. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, Elon Musk is such a fucking conda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, isn't he, though? We love oh. talking shit about him on this podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was just man. sitting there. I had to. I had to. <laughs> so icky. You, you hit the nail on the X. <laughs> oh. God, God, this is it. This is it. Well you guys, this is where we got.